All right, are we good? I think we're All good. Right, who cares? I'm just gonna start it off. We were just we were making just literally just laughing before this hey. started. And we're back like we never left. Court in full effect. Let's get it. Hey, episode four, episode three in the books, episode two and one. I said I wasn't going to keep counting backwards so I don't mess up and y'all can laugh at me. But in episode three, when I was counting backwards, when I said two, I hold up the number one. And when I said one, I hold up the <laughs> So for those oh, watching gosh. on YouTube, you can see that blooper. But yeah, we, I didn't even do an intro because we were just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, house, 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 house cleaning. Jordan, um, episode one, I got my J&J shot about 12 hours, no, 24 hours before we record episode one. However, Jordan, I just got my shot today. <laughs> so if y'all see me, you know, yeah, not enough during yeah, four, episode. Four or five hours. So he, he's, he said he's stealing it. He said he's going to be a little bit, I guess a little bit more like me, a little bit more <laughs> aggressive, a little bit a more aggressive disrespectful today. You know, on the mic. See, we lied. The comfortability is unreal. We are back. Uh, more housekeeping. Or is it house, whatever. House cleaning, housekeeping. I have to remember what it is. We're going to talk about stuff. Audio issues. We were episode one trash. Episode two, good, wrong speakers. Episode three, we were we removed the pops. So if you heard those P's and those B's, right, on budget and like personal trainer, we thought the pops might have been an issue. So we added them back because then it sounded a little weird. So yeah. Hopefully so it's better now. Episode four, you know, one of these formulas got to work, right? Right. I mean, we're getting there. Right. And, um, we're under construction. We have we haven't been doing this that long. We already have to make a lot of change. <laughs> so progress is gonna be made. Oh, uh, shameless plugs. So you can follow me at sideline underscore Corey. Again, that's sideline underscore Corey. Corey is spelled C O R Y. Sideline underscore Corey. You can follow Jordan at Stop Stalling J. That is S T O P S T A L L I N G. J-A-Y. And you can follow the business page. At FinallyFit06. That's F-I-N-A-L-L-Y-F-I-T-0-6. Right. And then make sure on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts, you guys leave us reviews. On Apple Podcasts, we see two of you left us a review. Hey, who who left the four? Somebody left a four, which we appreciate, but let us know why it's not a five out of five. We appreciate the comments as well. I feel like if you're not going to give me a hundred, you got to tell me why, right? I mean, we still got a 4.5 out of five so i saw jordan just to, i mean take it nah <laughs> nah see me see me see me after class so let me. <laughs> but you know yeah please uh please leave us re- the star review but as well as a review any type of criticism we will take also our email is cordon nfe at gmail.com again cordon and then another nfe at gmail.com and then also youtube i'm working on getting the youtube videos up i'm making yes. progress hopefully i'm not gonna even put a timestamp on it so i can call mine <laughs> But I'm almost there. Uh, we got all of our um, social media, all the links in the description, in the show notes. I got the financial size startup kit on there. I got my budget template on there. Got Jordan's uh, business page, uh, his website on there, finallyfit.live. Everything's in there on the show notes. And then we also have it on our link trees and our social media. Boom. Shameless plugs. Complete. Out the way. Any, anything else? With I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Boom feedback again none so right now this is probably the last one i'm gonna talk about feedback in the housekeeping we're just gonna do like questions but then when we sort of get derailed we'll let you know when we reel it back in and we get back to questions but we in full effect so that could be a minute yeah it could it could could be an hour and a half it could be two (laughs) if not we'll see y'all next episode (laughs) (laughs) oh the other thing too I guess I can say this now. We're thinking about going live on IG. Yes. So you guys can ask questions there because you guys aren't asking me questions when I post it. So you guys can come in and ask your questions on IG live. So we're thinking about doing that in the future. 
Yeah. Right. All Coming right. soon. All right. Finance. Excuse me. I see. I messed it up twice. I messed it up <laughs> on practice and I messed it up live. First question is fitness. Okay. So for fitness, what are some exercises that you can do to target particular parts of the body? So like, what are some good core ab exercises? I mean, let's. So before we answer that, Ryan, I'm just I'm gonna take okay. it a little bit back. So there's two different ways to kind of work out, right? So you can do a a full body workout, or you can do uh, these targeted exercises type of workouts, right? So exercises that target, what would you say? Abs? Yeah. If you, I mean, any pick any part of the body you want. I don't know. You okay. Do the fitness stuff. So when you do a when you do kind of like a split workout, right? You, that's kind of I think what most people are familiar with. Uh, most people do split workouts. They they target a specific muscle group for a day of the week, right? So on Monday you might do chest. On Tuesday you might do legs. On Wednesday you might do arms. On Thursday you might do back. Uh, Friday might be full body, right? And then people do that in order to maximize the progress that they make on that specific muscle group for the day. Um, so that is called a split workout. Um, what we do kind of and finally fit is a combination of a split workout as well as a full body workout, right? So we work out twice a week, at least with each other, right? Right. We work out twice a week, but then we split um, our Monday workout into a full body workout, which encompasses multiple muscle groups, right? So it's not just one. And then we do a lower body workout on Wednesday, which of course encompasses multiple muscle groups, not just legs, right? Now flip that. We do lower body on Monday. I said it backwards. Yeah, upper body's on Wednesday. I okay, know. You I'd, be, I'd be tired. <laughs> <laughs> so you do those twice right. a week. All right. All right. I'm sorry. You do each one once. All right. Um, but yeah. So to isolate um, a muscle group specifically, you would do um, exercises that that target that specific muscle group. So for arms, right? You if you want to work your biceps, you'll probably do like curls. If you want to work your triceps, you'll probably do dips. Um, what are other arm exercises? You, I mean, there's a variation of curls. You can do um, regular standing curls. You can do preacher curls. Um, the, but a, pre- the, a preacher curl? Yes. Like Bible pre- preacher? Yes. That, so what's, what's that look like? What's so that form? A preacher curl is when you uh, basically... <laughs> don't laugh when you (laughs) a preacher curl is when you put your elbow against the bench so it's basically um isolated standing still and then you lift it up in a slow controlled motion right so when you're doing standing you kind of have a little bit more um i don't want to say momentum but yeah a little bit more momentum when you're when you're swinging the, the the dumbbells up or the barbell up right when you do a preacher curl it's it's isolated it's pure bicep right so it's honestly one of the harder curls to do because you literally cannot you can't move your arm right it's literally just using your bicep when you're doing that curling motion so preacher curls i mean ask about them dave so why do you know why they're called preacher i do not we both grew up in church and i'm thinking i'm like i i never i never seen a preacher curl once (laughs) the only thing i could think of is maybe when you get if you do two at the same time it's a synonymous motion when you get to the top Mm. it almost looks like you're praying right that's that's you're reaching i'm reaching but that's what i got i (laughs) mean you know that's what i'm going with but (laughs) there was ever a lot (laughs) (laughs) look man you asked and i answered all right okay so that's forearms so then let's let's work down back to the torso so the abs what are some Ab, like so there are different parts of the abs so i guess you can break down right the different like how you target so, yeah parts there's of your like abs. your your upper abdominals your lower abdominals and then your obliques right um when in doubt i mean things that i know people are familiar with crunches right if, if you if you're trying to find somewhere to start and you're working on your core crunches are the way to go um 
doing a crunch in good form is is where you want to be at, right? Because I know some people can't lift their, you know, can't even can't even do a crunch, and that's okay. But you you definitely want to start there. And then there's several variations uh, from there for core exercises in which you can go. You can do a lemon squeezer, which is bringing your upper body to your lower body almost in an accordion-like manner if you're laying on your back, right? So your knees basically come to your elbows at the top of the of the lemon squeezer motion, and then you're back down to a complete uh, flat starting uh, starting point. Right, because we have to do these a lot. So as you're coming up, you're going to be more on your butt. You're going to pretty much have your butt as like the pivot point of your body. Correct. I, I've never squeezed lemons with my lower body before, <laughs> but just think about <laughs> squeezing yeah, lemons. Your abs are the lemons, guys. You, right. you, you wanna, <laughs> we squeezing those lemons today, all right? Right. And then, but so before we go past that, so sit-ups and crunches, apparently there is a difference. There is a difference. So let, can you explain the difference between sit-ups and crunches? I, I thought, look. It's not as hard as people thing, make it, though. The two? Like, okay, so from a sit-up perspective, right? A sit-up is you're literally coming all the way up. So shoulders are off the ground. Lower back is off the ground, right? You almost want to be, um, is it perpendicular? You always want to be perpendicular with your with your knees. Parallel. Parallel. Good perpendicular Lord. Perpendicular is a T. Thank you. You want to be parallel with your knees when you, when you get to the top. When you're doing a crunch, the only thing that should come off that you, you, you is targeting your um, your upper abdominals specifically, and the only thing that should come off the ground is your neck, head, and the top part of your shoulders. Your lower back is still on the ground when you're crunching. So right. it, if you had to think of it in a way to uh, kind of make it make sense, a crunch is half of a sit-up. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. A sit-up, you would sit up. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty – that's what I said. I don't understand how people get confused sometimes. No, that, that's why I was laughing earlier. I was like, it's well, sit, up, you sit you sit all the way up. Right. So that that's how it is. And a crunch, you act like you're going to sit up and you stop halfway through. Right. That's, you know, when in doubt – Act like you're going to sit up and pause, and right. you crunched. So a crunch is going to work the top of your abs. Correct. A sit up is going to work essentially all of them that aren't your yes. obliques. Right. And then a lemon squeezer, that's going to work what? That is pretty much everything, again, except for your obliques. So we didn't talk about what targets the obliques. Yep, that's yeah. what I was going to say next. Yep. So for your obliques, uh, one of my favorite go-to exercises are Russian twists. Mm-hmm. And Russian twists, you are going to uh, rotate your body from side to side with your pivot point being your your waist right so literally you're going to touch the ground on your left side bring your hands up i do what's called a high russian twist which is a a variation of an original russian twist where you bring your hands up and basically reach for the the sky in the middle of the russian twist before touching the the other side of the ground right so you're going to touch the left side reach for the sky touch the right side and again you're pivoting at your hips so it's a full rotation from left to right so that specifically works your obliques and as well as your mid to high abdominal muscles. Right. And you can use weights for the Russian twists. You can. As, and you can probably use what you know. And you, if you can use your hands to hold something. Right? You can put several variations on a Russian twist. You can add weights to make it more difficult. You can lift your feet off the ground, which is one easy variation that I highly recommend um, because you want to make sure that you're in full control of your core uh, before you kind of add weight to it, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah. So do your Russian twist with your feet planted first to make sure that you have the, the motion down and you're actually hitting the targeted muscles. Then after that, for the advanced version, I would recommend lifting your feet about maybe three to six inches off the ground, keeping them there while, again, executing the Russian twist motion. And then if you want to go for an additional level of difficulty, um, you add a, a lightweight. I wouldn't go past, I mean, it, it would vary depending on the person. I wouldn't go past about 15 to 20 pounds and you want to make sure that you're in total not in each hand yes in total uh you want to make sure you're controlling that weight and swinging that weight 
in a control motion from left to right. Right. And so you, I was just going to touch on it, but you mentioned advanced version. We should have talked about this when we were talking about arms. You can do push-ups, right? And people know about girl push-ups, but I guess, I don't know who switched this because everybody has to be nice and PC. Now we say modified version. Modified. So let's, so instead of girl push-ups, it's the modified push-ups. So what do modified push-ups look like? But you, then, but you know why we changed that though, Corey? No, because I got... Well, I talked. I, I mean, talked about the guys that might need sports bras when they're starting working out. So I guess it's, <laughs> it's because of them. Because some men or boys can't do well, men or boy push-ups. I mean, the other side of that coin, though, is sometimes I mean, girls can, can do, do non-modified, non-modified push-ups, push-ups, right? Right. So now, so let's. So what's a modified push-up look like? So just a, to clarify. A, a modified push-up is when your knees are on the ground and you're still leaning uh, most of your body weight forward, pretty much all of your body weight forward on your your uh, your upper body, your arms are planted firmly about chest uh, width apart on the ground and you drop down until your elbows at about 90 degrees. And then you want to make sure that it, you know, that you drop down in a controlled, stable motion and then you bring them back up. That is a modified pushup, right? Right. And then, so then we're talking about abs. So for those ab exercises, is there a modified version of the crunches? No, you, you don't, you don't really. go up much on not, crunches. Yeah, not, not really. So what about sit-ups then? You would just sit up as much as you could? Yes. I, w- I think you would just, again, slow and control. You want to make sure that you're executing in good form. Um, and then I guess the, the version of modifying would just be, you know, doing as many as you can just to make sure that you're doing them in good form. And then from there, you increase your reps. Right. And then so for lemon squeezers, that was kind of confusing one for those. I'm ne- I had never done lemon squeezers before until you guys showed us how to do them. So what's really? The, lemon yeah. squeezers are my favorite. Well, th- that's why you're the fitness person and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done, I've done a lot of exercise before, but you know what? I might have done lemon squeezers before. I've never heard them call, you know, football, in football, you know, coaches just be, ha- you know, just be right. having you out there doing they stuff. Move your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, so for lemon squeezers, let's recap on the advanced or normal version of that and then the modified version. So for lemon squeezers, actually, the slower you do, and this isn't just lemon squeezers, for most abdominal exercises or most exercises, period, the slower you go and the more controlled you you execute that motion, the more difficult it actually is to do. So for your lemon squeezers, if you're doing them in good form and, you know, like, oh, this isn't too bad, like, you know, I, I could probably do uh, the next level of difficulty, then slow them down. I challenge you to uh, make sure that you're executing in good form tightening those um, abdominals when you get to a full fully heightened motion so when you're when you're doing that accordion effect that we were talking about earlier when you squeeze at the top squeeze your abdominal muscles and then stretch back out into your in a flat laying down motion and then do it under control and and slower than you were doing it originally right that'll add a lot, another additional layer of difficulty right and then so for a budgeting perspective again in-home workouts and you know the standard free ones push-ups Free, no weights. That's why it's free. You don't need any weights. Some curls, right? You might need some weights. Yeah. Then for weights and or resistance bands. Right. Then but see if you can't budget, fine. Just do push ups all day. <laughs> then for hey, not if you can't budget, you can if you don't have it in your budget. If you can't fit it in your budget. Then for abs, right? That was all you can do that all without spending any money, right? Just near natural body weight. And then so now we're down to your legs. So what are some leg exercises? So you got calves, right? You got thighs. What are all the different muscles you can target with? Your I leg mean, workouts? for your legs, I mean, we got to start with the with the the standard, right? You got to do some squats, okay? 
free again yes. free 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 let me stop before we get yeah. body weight okay <laughs> do some squats you friends friends do not let friends skip leg day let's be very clear you've got to work your entire body if you're going to do split workouts where you target a different muscle group every day you got to make sure that you're there for every day to make sure that you hit those muscle groups all right don't be that friend that shows up on chest and back and arm day and then you're nowhere to be found on wednesday or thursday when it's leg day all right hey you, I mean, you heard it here first. You got to do squat. You don't want to, you call it a reverse pyramid. Exactly. <laughs> reverse pyramid. Oh, what is that? Look. You don't want to be like the, um, on Fairly Odd Parents, the super big general looking. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but you don't want to be looking like it. He's pretty decent, but you know, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger belt where he was real, real. If you look like you'll sneeze and tip over because your legs <laughs> don't balance out with your body, your upper body. Okay. You, yeah. Don't be that person. Okay. okay. So squats is a big one. Yes. Right. So it's like the form but then how low do you go 90 degrees like so what what are the different variations with squats but what is the just getting started you know modified or beginner type of squats how should you look with that so the beginner type of squat of course is body weight right so you don't add any additional weight no resistance bands uh you want to make sure that you drop your butt First of all, you want to keep your, your chest up. That's a, a mistake a lot of people make when they're doing squats. You don't want to be hunched over. If your chest is angled towards the ground, you're, you're not squatting correctly, okay? So keep that back up. Keep it on. Almost You want to almost have a C shape in your back when executing a squat, right? So it's almost like not over-exaggerated back lockout, but you want, you want to keep it to a point where you have that C shape, uh, but is in a sitting motion when you're dropping down, and you want to make sure that your knees hit at least – 90 degrees when you're doing your squat now there's there's a whole lot of arguments about how low you should necessarily go when you're doing your squat right again i recommend 90 degrees you don't want to go too low because you can actually end up doing some serious damage to your your knees if you if you over uh extenuate the motion right okay so you want to do at least 90 degrees if you go a little lower than that that's fine but don't over exaggerate it to the point where um it Especially if you're doing body weight squats, it, it adds an additional layer of discomfort. If you get to the point where you drop so low, where your knees start, you know, popping even more than they already do, then then that's a problem, right? right. So definitely, you make sure that you drop that butt down, hit at least ninety degrees, and then you come up again in a controlled fashion, right? So if you're doing body weight squats, you want to make sure that you execute the motion all the way through. So go down in a controlled manner, keep that senior back ninety degrees, come back up until you're at your at your peak um another thing i would do is pick a spot on the wall that automatically kind of makes your chest and back align in the um in the right areas while you're executing the exercise right so i pick a spot on the wall anytime i'm doing weighted or just body weight squats um to make sure that i am aligned with myself another big thing with squats is foot placement that's right? what i was about to say don't forget about the knees yes so you got to make sure well, you got, you got to, I mean, look, if you squat and you, I mean, if you got the Megan the Stallion knees, I mean, that's, 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 you know, you, you might be good at squats. All right. But, um, yeah, you want to make sure that, <laughs> that you have really good foot placement when you're executing squats. Um, having your feet facing forward is, is key to being able to make sure that your, your weight is balanced when executing squats. If you have your feet facing, um, well, the left foot facing the outside and the right foot facing the outside. So basically making a V with your feet, um, you're actually working the outside of your quad muscles. If you have your feet facing forward, you're working pretty much a balance. It's a balance execution of the weight across your mu- your uh, quad muscles, your leg muscles in general. If you have your feet kind of almost like pointing in, like they're almost forming an A at the top, mm-hmm. then you're working the inside of your quad muscles. So these are things that you need to keep in mind when executing the squat. It's okay to use 
uh, variation of foot placement, but you just want to make sure that it's intentional, right? You don't want to be that person that's literally uh, flipping through sets of squats and your legs are pointing out, then they're pointing in, you know what I mean? Then one of them's pointing out, one of them's pointing in. You don't want to be working different muscles, you know what I mean, across the squat at the same time, okay? Right. And so why should your knees be behind your toes? And what if your knees are you know, going in front of your toes, what could be the cause for that? So weight distribution, right? That, that is the whole point of making sure that you, you sit back and keep the weight on your back versus allowing it to lean forward. If you um, if you lean forward, if you so again, we were talking about body weight squats, but now we're talking about weighted squats. Right. So if you're leaning forward um, and you have additional weight on your back, you're putting um, unnecessary stress on usually on your lower back. Um, as well as your knees while executing the squat. So I'm not saying it's not possible to complete the squats while doing that, but usually if you're completing them, you're completing them in bad form, and you usually end up either causing yourself some type of injury or being extremely sore afterwards if you're leaning over, if your your chest is leaning over top of your knees or your toes while you're executing, right? Again, you want to, almost like you're sitting down in a chair, imagine doing that with the weight on your back, right? You want to make sure that you're you're... You're managing good form while executing the exercise. Right. And we, we, well, you, we, you said back a couple of times. So what are some, my neck, my back, what are some, <laughs> what are some, don't get us in trouble, Corey. Like, I like are, that song though. What are some back exercises or really how, really how does your back play into all the different, cause you know, your back is always involved. So how does that really play into and how can you strengthen? Yeah. So your, your back, your back is actually used on more days than just back day. Right. So it's one of those things. It's almost like core, right? You have to have a good core to execute several other exercises that are not necessarily core related exercises. Uh, and back is also in that group. Right. So, um, several good back exercises would include, um, deadlifts, rows, um, and pull-ups, right? It depends on what, which part of your back you're trying to work that day. But these are all um, various back exercises that can that can help you uh, grow different muscle groups. Yeah. Right. Okay, so we talked about just getting, just exercises, right, some form, right, first couple of podcasts. But now let's talk about, okay, when you're exercising, you're trying to do one of two things. Obviously, you want to get in shape, you know, tone, summer body. Yes. But you either want to lose weight or you want to gain weight. And before we get into that, because you'd be plugging me, Shout out to Finally Fit. Hey. I gained, what, 135? 10 pounds. <laughs> hey, I forgot to say this. I'll clean up when we get to the finance part. I said I'm good at math. Don't worry about that. I said 18 minus 5 is 11. I know it's 13, but I didn't. You whatever. know. But so y'all got the point. And right? I agree with him, you know. So well, I'm, I'm supposed to be the, the secondary check. Hey, and I was like, yeah, no, Corey, that's right. That's hey, absolutely. We, we liable to be liable. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I stopped saying that. But no. So. Yeah, so we can lose weight and gain weight, and finally fit is helping me gain ten pounds. We still got fifteen more to go. Well, you lose. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna make a small correction. So you lose weight and you gain muscle. Muscle and muscle weighs more than fat. Uh, Yes. Is that okay? Yeah. So see, this is the thing. Do they be lying? Like, remember, Pluto was a planet, right? And then they come out and say Pluto is not a planet. So. Has so, it changed? So muscle is more dense than fat. So that's, I, oh, I hate, Jesus. see that's, and then this is when we get into the, the conversation, <laughs> right? Are you smarter than your fifth grade of science? <laughs> Density. Cause like technically a pound of muscle and a pound of fat weigh the same see, amount. See, that's you what, what people like to say, but what's heavier, a, a pound, 10 pounds of water, or 10 pounds of paper, 10 pounds of water. Have you held liquid? I mean, but have it's, you, have, but, y'all, have, y'all, <laughs> have y'all tried to move 10 gallons of water? Have you held 10 pounds of paper though? Yes. It's like a 10 pound weight. Cause it's stable. I mean, but it's 10 pounds. <laughs> right. But with the water moving, it's being redistributed. It's like I said, your balance where it's at. 
now I'm gonna say a bad word, but it's always it's always moving. I don't care. <laughs> let's be very very clear. Ten pounds of water, ten pounds of paper. Give me the paper. Right. All, I mean, all day every day. But that's preference, right? We talking about preference. in terms of <laughs> that's that's choosing not to struggle over struggling. Okay. I mean, to each his own. I guess yeah. that's my preference. Right. <laughs> no, okay, but yeah. So back into losing weight and gaining weight. Yes. So I guess we can do losing weight first because most people want to lose weight. So what are I just like, you know, how do you, how do you lose, how do you lose weight? <laughs> okay. So the, the science behind losing weight is ultimately create, creating a caloric deficit. And I know you guys have heard me mention this before, but today we're going to kind of dig a little deeper into that breakdown, right? So creating a caloric deficit is split into two different groups. Um, it is your nutrition side, which is creating a caloric deficit in the calories that you consume on a daily basis. And then there's creating a caloric deficit by on the exercise side, which is working out more, burning off more calories. But you see how it all ties into the math of the same equation of creating a caloric deficit. And what that means is you're basically having a lower number. The end result is having a lower number of calories than you're supposed to um, consume on a daily basis. Right now, whether that means eating less or burning off more or a combination of the two, that is what you're doing ultimately when you're losing weight. Right. So I personally, I mean, and this is what we teach in our finally fit class, like to do a, a balance of the two. Right. Because being that person that's um, super hard on the nutrition side, but doesn't like to work out as often is is OK if it works for you. But it's it's also a little bit more difficult to do. You, the goal, again, in building up these sustainable lifestyle habits, which is what we're trying to teach you to do uh, when you're learning about fitness and, you know, making it a lifestyle is that you want to produce a routine for your life that you can uh, recreate and sustain long term right right and tailoring your budget or i'm sorry not your budget <laughs> tailor the budget we're gonna tailor the budget too but tailoring your your diet um which to, is tailoring the budget the exactly. first thing in your budget see look look give us our flowers exactly you got to tailor your budget and your diet at the same time <laughs> um but tailoring your your diet to a um, food consumption level that is not sustainable long term is not something you want to do, right? And I think that's what a lot of people do when they participate in fad diets. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect people if you, I mean, look, we're looking at the camera right now podcast for those, you know, people on YouTube can see us. But, um, you know, if you're doing keto and that works for you, it works for you. But long term, keto is not a sustainable lifestyle habit, okay. right? And now we are definitely, you know, reaching that territory where okay. people are going to be are we poking the bear right now <laughs> i mean look y'all might be a little upset but it's okay i mean it, i'm not saying it doesn't work because i mean it produces the desired result right if your goal is to create a caloric deficit there's a whole bunch of science about how keto works and it's you know burning through protein right. and you're basically eliminating carbs from your body putting your body in a state of ketosis which you know allows you to burn through uh proteins faster and fat and and that's okay but from a sustainable lifestyle habit right keto is not something you want to do long term there's there's a whole bunch of what they don't tell you is the science of um chronic diseases that it could potentially cause and the effects that it has on your heart and your cholesterol and all the science behind that right like there's 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 several other effects other than oh yeah you're gonna lose weight but it's like oh yeah you might also have a heart attack like eh, you know <laughs> i'm okay with taking the slower route that's not keto related if it's going to allow me to sustain uh, one for a lifetime and you know not cause me or escalate my chances of having some type of chronic disease and or heart attack right right and so you're talking about that caloric deficit and obviously exercising but what you eat so again back to, i can't wait till we get the soundboard back to the budget the Remember, budget the first thing you should be budgeting for is 
food. Dude, y'all supposed to remember that pause. Y'all supposed to be guessing, right? Multiple choice. Your grocery bill, right? Not going out to eat, but your grocery bill. So for those of you trying to lose or gain weight, right? The first thing you should be paying for is food from the grocery store. And obviously you don't, you know, blow your budget trying to, you know, gain as much weight as possible or lose as much. But you can instantaneously say, hey, I'm trying to, you know, if you're eating junk food, chips, right? Soda. Mm -hmm. You would cut that out of your grocery bill and then you would spend it on whatever food need is needed to buy for losing weight or gaining weight. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I guarantee you, if you're tailoring your, your, your budget to, to make sure that you, you stay within your allotted, um, expenditure for that month you, you'll automatically uh <laughs> lose some weight if you're trying to create a clue <laughs> yeah just don't just just buy less food that exactly way you have less food to eat because <laughs> remember we're talking about the food that you cook at home we're not even talking about eating out right yeah, so we, I, you mean I, we'll go over eating out today because today is the first it'll be the first podcast of the month so we'll do budgets for finance part but i haven't even talked about eating out in the exactly, budget we but... never went if y'all haven't noticed we've been doing we said on the first one, very groundbreaking, foundational things. I know y'all might be wanting more in-depth stuff. No, no, it's not. It's not. You got to build the habits. It's not yes. time for that yet. We, we, we're at the basics, yeah, the foundation. The basics. We laying the, we're laying the bricks down right again, now. I got to find an example for this so I can say it and not worry about getting sued. But gym badges, again, for the, apparently everyone was an anime nerd life, but I didn't see y'all with no Dragon Balls, Z, Sickers, and you know, elementary school. But y'all <laughs> should get this. Y'all play, apparently everyone's in the anime. Gym badges, you can't get the level 100 Pokemon. You can't even get the level 80 Pokemon or 50. You can only handle level 30 with no gym badges. Yeah. And that's because so you can't just blow through the game. So before you get into, you know, significant fitness stuff or finance stuff, you got to put in the work and you got to mm -hmm. level up. You gotta, yep. Oh, man. Get your up. levels up. Got to get your levels up. So that was more about um, how, in, uh, how to lose weight. So we talked about the caloric deficit. Mm -hmm. So... That's just from eating. So from when you're exercising, what are some things you need to look at if you're trying to lose weight? So if you're trying to lose weight, again, you just want to make sure that your the calories that you're burning fit into um, the structure that you're trying to produce for your, your lifestyle habit um, to create that caloric deficit. Right. So when you're executing exercises, um, cardio, cardio is an easy. I don't want to say an easy. <laughs> it is a an expected way to burn um, calories for your to create your caloric deficit way. Right? So when you're um, you want to make sure that you're you're I mean, I, I again, I think I talked about what cardio was before. So, so would break, you break it, break it down again? They'd OK, right. so we're, we'll run it back. Right. <laughs> so cardio is anything that that escalates your your heart rate, takes it to a its target or out of its target zone um, and pushes it a little bit. It's, it's basically exercising your heart. Um, What's your target zone? What does that mean? I, mean, I know it's different for everybody, but what does it generally mean? There's a mathematical, there's a mathematical formula for your targets. I do not know it off the top of your, off the top either. of my head, but um, yeah, you you just it's basically like there's your resting heart rate, and then there's your target zone, and then there's a mathematical formula for that, and you want to keep it um at the top portion of your target zone without necessarily going over for extended periods of time. So I do know that your target zone is where you should be at when you're working out. Correct. Okay. And then your cardio is going to take you a little bit above yeah, that. To the to the to the limit of that, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um so when you're executing various cardio exercises, that could be running, uh jogging, uh climbing stairs, jump roping, swimming, again, anything that escalates your heart rate um while you're exercising. And most cardio exercises produce a, a or burn a large amount of um, calories when it being executed properly. So those are things you want to do when you're creating a caloric deficit. But you don't necessarily have to do um, just cardio to create a caloric deficit. Again, bringing it back to finally fit and what we do with our classes. So we do a thing called HIT, which is high intensity interval training. 
And um, that's basically, real big. That's pretty much the uh, the calls and puts of, of fitness. Yes, it's so big right now. Big <laughs> workouts. It's huge, and it's it's almost like condensing um, a little bit of strength training along with cardio into the same forty five minute period, which is another one of the reasons why it's so huge right now. A lot of people don't. I don't want to say they don't have time because you make time for what you want to do, right? But a lot of people don't want to put in the time and necessarily execute strength training individually and then have to go into their cardio. I mean, remember last time we recommended what? How many? How many minutes of exercise for? Well, per you, workout, you end up saying one was two fifty in a five day week, so fifty, but an hour, an hour a day. Yeah, about an hour, right? And then we were talking about thirty minute uh, intervals, so thirty minutes right. for your cardio, cardio, thirty minutes for your uh, strength, strength training. training. But some people don't have that hour to give. So what they what do they do? Oh uh, well. well all right, I'm gonna let you. Yeah, <laughs> they do hit, right? <laughs> so when you do hit, um, it's usually about 45 minutes, uh, at least 45 minutes to get a solid hit workout. So 45 minutes to an hour, and you want to make sure that you are um, incorporating a l- again a little bit of strength training a- along with pushing your heart rate at the same time. So our structure for our classes is we do um, at least somewhere between five to potentially seven exercises whoa yeah right. yeah potentially hey, for, 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 for the class for those of y'all who listen to this this is my first time knowing we have we have seven coming up <laughs> yeah all right shout out to the pit fans all right so all right <laughs> five to potentially seven exercises for anywhere from three to five rounds and you want to be um active for X amount of time and then take a, a small rest, right? So we base our hit workout off of a, a minute. So I don't know if you realize this, but your active time and your rest time always add up to a minute per exercise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we adjust. So if you're active for 30 seconds, then you'll get a 30 second break. If you're active for 40 seconds, then you get a 20 second break. Mm-hmm. So we scale up as the month goes on. So we might start off with 35 seconds of activity and with a 25 second break across all of the exercises for four rounds and then we'll escalate and we'll do 40 seconds of activity with a 20 second break again for all of the exercises for multiple rounds and what we're doing is we're executing those exercises in good structure but also pushing our heart rate by limiting the break time in between each exercise therefore producing the cardio effect while um executing strength endurance right and i I don't even know if we went over this but we probably did but stretching so obviously like you should drink water you should stretch before you work out. Yes. But, but I know in the finally fit, we at first we were in this, we were just starting it, but we were stretching and then you guys were going through the exercise. So we would like take a break after we do our dynamic stretches. Correct. But you guys changed that. So why yes. did you end up changing it? So we changed it because again, we're, we're, we're scaling up as we go. Right. So right now our, our beginner class has now graduated to an intermediate level. If you we're can't in middle t- school now, yeah. <laughs> if you can't tell things have definitely escalated right. since, since we started. So what we do is we incorporate that first level, which is flexibility um, um, and endurance. And we get that out the way, but then we also roll straight into um, the strength training uh, aligned with the cardio to, to keep that heart rate up. Right. When we, when we first started out, we were giving you guys that chance to allow your, you know, your heart rate to drop back down to the bottom of your target zone. And we don't want that to happen anymore. When you warm up, it's exactly what that sounds like. You're warming up your heart, right? right. So you want to keep that, keep your, um, your heart rate in that target zone as well as continue to push it as the exercise goes on. So we, we removed that break because we felt like it was better for you guys to get the, the caloric deficit that you were, uh, you were hoping for. Right. And so caloric deficit to the math, which I might be end up doing wrong. But in short, if you're eating, let's say you eat 3,000 calories, right? And you need to um, burn off 1,000, right? So that means you need to 
burn you need to work out you know four thousand three thousand four thousand you know what so i would i would you know sp- that's probably all wrong that <laughs> so <laughs> save we'll me, save me Come so on. i got you i got you so we'll so we'll do we'll base it off of a two thousand calorie diet right because that's that's consumed okay. that's considered considered average right so the two thousand calorie diet not in and, america and then it is I mean, look, we can get into that. 60% of people are overweight or obese. Yes. We can keep going. Yeah. And then 70% are diagnosed with some type of chronic disease. Yeah. So, I mean, we can, we can hit y'all with facts all day. Later. But Like I said, when we get to the legacy and generational wealth, burning everything down. <laughs> burning it all down. But the sun's out today. So, we're going to let it continue well, we're burning shining. burning it down because <laughs> the sun's out. Hottest day of the year so far. <laughs> um, What were we talking about? Oh, 2,000 calorie diet. How to, how to actually... So, so to do the math, right? So again, you want your caloric deficit to be, if you're allotted 2000 calories, you have to obviously be under that to create a caloric deficit. Um, healthy weight loss is about 500 calories a day if you're basing it off the 2000 calorie diet. So every 500 calories burned is um, one pound. I'm sorry, every 3,500 calories burned is one pound. So you um, divide that across a week, that's 500 calories a day. So that's how we come up with okay, that. Okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, for so the week total. Exactly. Right. And then again, we're talking about calendar week, so seven days. Um, so yeah, so if your goal is to create a 500 calorie caloric deficit, then you can split that. I recommend splitting it evenly across, or at least a 500 calorie deficit. I would split that evenly across your exercise as well as your nutrition, right? So I would need to burn at least 250 calories in exercise as well as eat um you can still eat two that's the matter yeah. trying to you eat 2000 and then you would burn 500 so that'd be 1500 that's Correct. 500 right there Correct. that's what i was trying to do wait um, hold on say it one more time man look you eat 2000 okay. right and you need to burn you know 500 right? no so no. that's not the, yeah no so if you burn 500 then you're only um, creating your caloric deficit on your exercise side alone. So you would, okay. you see what I'm saying? Oh, so, so you would you burn the, the food as well. Exactly. Oh, That's the balanced lifestyle over. habit. So you would burn 250 okay. and then eat. Um, you would only eat, what is that? Seven. Yeah. You would burn 250 and then only eat 1750. You see what uh, I'm saying? Okay. To create a caloric deficit of 500. Uh, Makes sense. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. So it's 250 on the nutrition side as well as 250 on the exercise side to create a 500 caloric or 500 calorie caloric deficit total on a daily basis which right. will burn about a pound a week so you you can't you can't you can't do the math though so you still eat 2000 you burn 500 you right? can yes okay. Okay. you can so you can okay. you can go over on both sides if you want right you, like you, you want to build a habit so that you because you need to eventually eat less for sustainability exactly uh, okay because okay. you gotta so then we get into the nutrition side where you want to make right. sure that you're balancing out your exactly. macronutrition which is proteins fats and carbs so if right. you let's say if you get to that side where you're favoring one or the other you know what i mean you could end up hurting um the sustainability long term does that right. make sense no yep i got it and again back into the budget it is it's definitely cheater to cheater jesus it's definitely it's <laughs> okay we're gonna get through it today it's definitely cheaper to you know eat at the grocery store versus you know going out to eat especially if you do it on a daily basis so that's sure. where you know you can you might think that's why i just said just do the grocery bill and i say don't don't have any eating out bill because most people aren't in shape and if you want to get in shape you need to work on your diet and what you're eating and the first thing you budget for is your food so you can take your eating out budget and dump that money right into your food and balance that out right okay right and then you also talked about some people for the hit training some people don't have an hour y'all got an hour yeah listen first off you can work out and listen to us shameless plug again or or productivity discipline accountability motivation get off of social media yes get off of social media well like and share our stuff then get, get off, off of social media 
No, you can do two for one. That's the one great thing about podcasts, right? The audio for those listening on again, Apple, Spotify, and Google. You can listen, right, and still work out because, you know, video, if you're watching on YouTube, people generally want to watch video. So we got the audio platforms. But, yeah, you got the hour in your day. People be like, oh, I don't got the same 24 hours. All right. I mean, make it work, guys. I mean, we talked about this before, being disciplined and being motivated. I mean, discipline, right, is doing something regardless of how you feel about it if you know it's necessary to meet your goal, right? So if you want to be disciplined, you – you wake wake up and get it in early, right? I, I again I make it a part of my morning routine to make sure that I work out. And if I if I do miss a day, because again, we're not robots. If I do miss a day in the morning, I'll I'll try to fit it in or thread it in in some of my time in the evening. Um, even if it's just a walk, you need a minimum, absolute minimum of thirty minutes of activity a day, right? Sometimes even stretching yoga. Well yes. definitely I mean look. Shout out to the yoga people out there. We don't come over here with that energy. We're not ready for that yet. So <laughs> we're super talking, yoga. Exactly. So I mean to, to talk to Corey's point, I mean, endurance and flexibility is the first part of the OPT model. Um, when we start and OPT is optimum performance training model that is used to battle um, chronic diseases as well as get clients to their specific goals, whether it be to gain muscle or um, lose weight. Right. So you again, endurance is the first. Hold on. I always get the level and phases mixed up. It's the first phase. Um, no, it's the first level. And then stability is the first phase. So, okay. again, you need to make sure that you're stretching, doing yoga, um, working on that flexibility. And that'll take you 30 minutes right there. Most people can't touch their toes. I mean, let's just call yeah. it what it is. Like, you know, if you could, when was the last time you tried? I mean, try again. First grade. Like, you I was know. flexible back then. Exactly. At one point in my life, I could do a full split. Ask me to do it now. I <laughs> no, mean. No, don't. Don't ask exactly. me to do it now. <laughs> But the, I mean, the point is, I'm, I'm not that I'm necessarily trying to get back to doing a full split, but I want to be pretty close. Right. If I'm working on that daily, then you're getting better at being you know, you're getting better at whatever you're putting the time and effort in to to get better at, whether it be flexibility, strength training, uh, cardio. You, but you have to put in that time. And you have to put in that effort to make progress. Right. Right. And no. that's be a balance of both. Yeah. So if you don't think you got the time, that's a lie because you do. I, w- I would just have everyone say, just try just being productive, like for one day, all day, every day. I tweet every morning, get 1% better. If you just add one minute back into your day of positivity, you'll have 30 minutes at the end of the month, unless it's February. You'll have 30 minutes at the end of the month. And then in two months, you'll have that that doggone hour that Jordan said you didn't have. So exactly. it took you two months to get it back. But getting one if you get 1% better at something every day, by the way, which is impossible to do for a long period of time, because that means in 100 days, you would be twice as good at mm. something, which is impossible. I mean, you can start out. But the great thing, I remember I was telling you about uh, the TED Talk. It takes 20 hours to learn how to do something generally well. 20 hours of you know dedication, motivation, hard work, mm-hmm. learning something. It's 10,000 hours thanks to uh, Malcolm Gladwell, the book Outliers, where he wrote 10,000 hours to hit the floor of being a master at something. But it only takes 20 hours to really have to learn how to do something. 20 hours. 20. 20. That's it. That's not even a whole day. That's now, not I, it. Well, you got to go to sleep. I'll go do back. Do you? No, you yeah, do. You do got to go to sleep. Well, you we said, talked about it. I, I did. I told you guys to go to sleep. You said, yep. running, <laughs> you said you're running out for four hours. So that goes to 20 hours right there. Yes. I went into the math, though, about you know how people actually have time in their day later on. But, um... Yeah, so we talked about losing weight. So for those people like me, you want to gain weight. What are some things you have to do to gain weight? Is it just the opposite of losing weight or is it a little bit different? It's a little bit different, right? So you you have to structure your um, your nutrition, again, to make sure that you're getting optimal macronutrition, which, again, are fats, carbs, and proteins to make sure that you are hitting your desired weight goal. And as well as make sure that you're incorporating some type of strength training 
into your exercise routine, right? So, I mean, this is subjective, but I, I, I honestly think that losing weight sometimes is easier than, than gaining weight. It is. I mean, just straight I, out. I don't, well, Cause, cause, let me not be disrespectful, but I, I've tried to gain weight my entire life and it didn't, it didn't happen until I turned 27. <laughs> I've lifted so, so many weights. I exercise six days a week, eat as much, you know, teenager, you eat freaking everything. Right. But your metabolism is crazy high, which mine is. But I, you know, did everything possible. You know, welcome, welcome to Finally Fit, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Finally Fit then got me, was we started in December. So, right. Little yeah. three, six, yeah, two to three pounds a month. That's my average. Exactly. So, we're, so. we're, we're getting there, right? And again, you want to make sure that it's healthy weight gain. I feel like a lot of people feel like they just need to engorge themselves with food in order to gain weight. And that's not necessarily how it goes, right? I mean, you'll gain weight, you but gain you won't necessarily gain muscle, right? right? And I think the, the goal is to, maintain if not improve on your current fitness status while gaining muscle right so you you don't want to necessarily gain weight you want to gain muscle you want to get stronger you want to get faster right and then see the results on the scale right so for dieting what are some things you need to do to gain weight like what are some things you can eat protein shakes yes protein shakes are my go-to guys you so ultimately you want to make sure that you're consuming more protein because again you're doing that strength training which is called causing your muscles to rip so you have to um, put a ample amount of protein back into your body to make sure that your muscles heal properly so of course you want to make sure that you're consuming um enough additional protein to compensate um for the, the muscle tears right so Protein shakes, shout out to grass-fed collagen from, I mean, you shout pretty out. much get it from Future any organic sponsor, market. hopefully. No, look, hopefully, please. Episode But yes, I get collagen grass-fed um, protein powder from Mom's Organic Market. It is great. Um, they have vanilla I, and chocolate. They do have vanilla and chocolate. I make sure that I get the vanilla, though, because you can always make, and this is a, a little secret that I keep, you can always make vanilla taste like chocolate or anything else right but it's harder to make chocolate taste like vanilla yeah. so shout out yeah. to that vanilla vanilla is vanilla yes i don't I, you know, everybody know, y'all know what it's like i mean it is well the coke the beans not white but right you know, it's, yeah yeah you just add anything to it exactly Whatever. y'all see what i was trying to do there yeah <laughs> but if you're some of our clients do not like uh protein shakes so okay. we again you have to make sure that you're consuming an ample amount of protein so i tell them to get an extra serving size a protein either in between meals or with their meals, right? So if you're going to have grilled chicken, because again, we're trying to eat healthy and not just engorge ourselves with anything. If you eat grilled chicken, uh, fish, and maybe a lean steak every now and then, because again, we're trying to monitor our red meat. So if you're going to have red meat, it's okay, but just don't have it daily. Um, but you want to have an extra serving size of that when you're consuming your meals um, to make sure that you're getting an ample amount of protein. Um, and of course, you still want carbs and fats as well. Um, if you... If, if I had to pick one that you had to have less of, you want to kind of limit the amount of carbs you have. And when I say limit, not completely eliminate um, the amount of carbs you have because you still need that energy, right? Carbs is the number one source of energy in your body. So you want to make sure that you're, you have to give your body carbs in order to be able to function properly, right? Okay. So you do need them. You just don't need an excess amount. The problem is most Americans eat an excess amount of carbs when they do consume them. So and most of y'all are Americans. So yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, look, 
chances are if you go to a restaurant and you get some type of pasta, they're giving you at least two and a half serving sizes. Like just straight. I mean, just and that's just eyeballing it straight off the top of the dome, right? Two and a half serving sizes. Um, and again, we can talk about this in more detail, maybe another episode. But one of my favorite tricks um, to make sure that I consume the right amount of carbs when consuming carbs is if you're going to go out to eat and have that carb to split whatever it is in half, put it straight into the to go box as soon as it hits the table. Right. Um, then you, you at least eliminate 50 percent of whatever it is they gave you. Right. So, I mean, if you're you know, they gave you two and a half and you eliminate half of that, you have a little over one serving size, which is OK. Right. I mean, if you're going to have it and you're eating out and you're trying to make split decisions to, to give your body the best stuff that it needs, you're not going to pull out. a Clearly, you're not going to pull out an eight ounce, you know, measuring cup and be like, all right, this is the amount of pasta I can eat. Right. But if you're trying to eyeball it, you're going to put half of it in the to go box. Go ahead and bag that up. You don't even need that today. And you're going to eat what's left on your plate. And then it also kind of makes you feel good because then you can still can technically uh, clean your plate, right? Like you eat everything that's visually left on the plate. Right. So from a psychological standpoint, it makes you feel better. Remember, we talked about your mental makeup. You have to be able to handle the pressure that's being applied when you're trying to, A, either lose weight or gain muscle. So it goes back to your mental, right? Creating these sustainable habits. If you are not, you know, um, in the right state of mind to be able to handle this, you're not going to make it. Uh, for the desired length of time to get the desired result. And that's crucial. Mental makeup. You need it for fitness. You need it for finance. You need right? it for everything. We got we to gotta, gotta be careful with a psychologist. Some of them be tripping. But, <laughs> but so we can have some more verification. I'm not just out here shooting at the jaw. Gotcha. But yeah, just to segue a little bit because you're already dipping your toe in it. You were talking about it's okay, you know, to eat red meat, you know, pasta, things like that. Cheat day. Are cheat days okay? And we don't, well, you don't mean cheat day like cheaters. Right. We're talking about eating food. Okay? <laughs> Not whatever y'all doing on y'all cheat days. Although right? some people believe cheating and doesn't exist. It's called exercise and options. But that's nothing, neither here nor there. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. For those of y'all that who know what I was talking exercise about. Exercise and options. Hey, okay. For those of you who know All what right. I'm talking about, you got what I was putting down. But yeah, so cheat day for your dieting. Is that okay? Yes. Um what what is what is what is cheat day? So 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 cheat day is basically when you uh planned you have a planned um elimination of your your dietary rules. Um and that and that's that is okay. Um you you definitely want to make sure again it's it's planned and you have to make sure that the frequency isn't every day, right? So a cheat day again on a on a calendar week might happen once a week. Um, and that's okay. That's a lot, by the way. It's yes. two times a year. That is. That's your weekend. That's, that's what your, I mean. At least Sunday four times brunch. a month. It's your Sunday brunch. Exactly. So, you know. But you got a budget for the Sunday brunch. You do. Shout out to my budget. She got a budget for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so if you're going to, if you're going to execute a cheat day, that's fine. But you just want to make sure that again, when you're throwing those rules out the window, you're not, um, countering all the work that you put in. Uh, throughout the week right so that's that's really important a lot of people think oh it's cheat day i can just have whatever i want you can but with respect to the fact that you're still keeping your eye on the prize and trying to accomplish the goal and not overdo it right so i don't want to if i'm eating on a 2,000 calorie diet i don't want to have 5,000 calories on my cheat day you right. know what i mean yeah you want to be like a robert baratheon was that the king the first king in game of thrones i believe so like Cer- cersei's husband not not her brother not a twin brother. <laughs> that shit was, was wild when you first saw it. It was like, what is this? What's now, happening? I think, yeah, you want to eat like him, you know, fat old king, right? You don't want to do like that. Exactly. So it's okay. Like, so again, 2,000 calorie diet, you might want to have 2,500, maybe even 3,000 that day, right? So what you've done is you've undone the work for two of the days that you've done earlier that week. So you might not lose necessarily a pound this week, but you haven't completely undone all the work that you've put in for the entire week. Right. If you have a cheat day and, you know, you, you've 
it's the last day of the week, right? And you've lost that pound and you get back and now you're up three pounds. You've done too much on your cheat day, right? right? But I also say that you have to be careful with, um, I tell the fit fam this all the time with weighing yourself constantly. You, mm. they're, they're, weight will fluctuate, right? You just have to be consistent again with your workouts and your eating habits and you will see the results that you want to see, even if it's not instantaneous, right? But you have to make sure that you're, you're weighing yourself um, far enough apart to, um, to see the results, but not on a daily basis. All right. That'll start to have a, a psychological effect on how you are pursuing your, your fitness goals. So be very careful with weighing yourself too frequently, but you do want to make sure that you're weighing yourself to get the results that uh, the desired results. Right. And that psychological part that goes back to the mental makeup. See, I weigh myself every day, but Corey can handle it. Well, who knows what that means? I still have to go to therapy. But I, I know I have no issue doing it. But when it comes to uh, the finally fit, I send the um, the monthly progressions. Right. And that's a screenshot, you know, body screenshot and profile and then a scale uh, picture as well. And that's what Jordan's talking about, where you can actually see the progress. So you really, you know, take monthly pictures. I mean, you take pictures whenever you want, but you want to, you know, have that monthly comparison of your progress from a you know visual standpoint of your actual body and then on a scale as well, whether you're trying to lose weight or gain weight. Yes. So you want to make sure that you're tracking those victories. And it's, it's again, it, there are um, victories on the scale, but there are also non-scale victories. You'll start seeing changes in your energy level. Right. You start seeing changes in your body structure, like visual feedback. Um, you'll start seeing changes in the bedroom. I mean, listen, get your, if you're not working out, Work out and see if your stamina don't go up. I mean, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna have to leave it right. I was gonna say we gotta. We, I think we tiptoeing on the line, but yeah, I mean, I shout guess. out to the gym. Shout out to the gym. I mean, we just had a cardio challenge last week. We're talking about, we're talking about you know stretching, flexibility. That's it. I'm not going anymore. Okay, we done. I'm we're not done. going any more deep. I, 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 I think I think we just stuck a big toe across the line. I think we. <sighs> Okay. All right. So, when, so like, <laughs> you're talking about reeling it back in? Yes. Got to bring right. it back. So you're talking about cheat days, right? Yes. Just like you're saying, you don't want to eat 5,000 calories on your cheat day. You want to make sure it's okay to have cheat days as long as it doesn't make you lose your progress or whatever goal you're trying to hit. Correct. Same thing with your finances. For your budget, you can, if you want to, take vacation as long as you're going to hit your goals. Remember, goals have to have a timeline. So if you're going to do something in X amount of months or years, as long as you're going to be able to hit that goal, even if you spend money somewhere else on a vacation, etc., that is okay to do. However, if you're trying to do something like get out of debt, you can't. That's It's counteractive to take more debt mm. if you're trying to do that. So that's how those two things link. Okay. Fitness was deep today. Yeah. Fitness was deep today. We, I'm, we see we could end it right here. All right, fitness one. Look, we Sorry, t- <laughs> <laughs> let's okay. talk about it. Do you have man. anything else for the fitness stuff? Nah, I think, no, I think we're good. We're good? Yeah. Okay. So, I'll, I'll tie some stuff in as we yeah, go Yeah, as we go on. All right, boom. So, first, this is the first, oh, shit, I can't say it. This is the first, <laughs> the first podcast of the month, probably for the next, this one, then the next 10, so for a year. We're going to be deep on the budget because again, we dive talk, deep dive on the budget because when get your scuba gear because we dive if you, if you deep. <laughs> hey, back to the gym workouts. Never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, back to the budget because you guys, you have to get on a budget, whether it's your personal finances or your business finances. The budget will always exist. Yes. So on the first podcast that is released of each month, we're going to be deep, deep, deep on the budget for the finance section. So, 
if you guys are tired of hearing it, one, get on a budget, or two, don't don't skip the episode because we need those views. So yes. just listen to it. But I always stick on the budget. Yeah. Because whenever anything comes up, guess what we go back to? Right back to the budget. You want to know how much money you can spend or save or things of that nature. It's gonna, your budget is going to literally tell you what you can and cannot. What you can and cannot do. Yeah. So let's go into questions okay. first on the budget if you had any, and then I'll do the spiel again on breaking down the budget and actually budget budgeting and tracking transactions. Tracking your transactions is actually executing the budget. So, so that, that's what we're getting today. But you can get. get. I, I got a good one. You have you. a good question. Yeah. Okay, let me close my eyes. So right. I see it. You ready? Listen to it. Okay. So again, talking about the budget, we're hyper focusing on that today. So a lot of people think that they can um, resolve their issues with making more money. Um, is making more money the the huge uh, is the key to having a better budget or is it like the is it the band aid to fixing a budget making more money? We went over this on the last episode. <laughs> Not to say that you can't ask the question, but you can pick. See, now we got a couple episodes in. So on the third one, we go into the three main issues with your finances. Again, personal or business. You either have an income issue, mm-hmm. right? You either have an outgo issue. That's option two. Option one is income, or option three. You have an income and an outgo issue. And again, right. like I said, for people who code, when the word and is used, that means both things have to be true. So that means if you have an income and an outgo issue, both of them have to exist. Okay. So an outgo issue, it's easy to determine, but that depends on your income because everybody ma- makes different amount of money. Is the income the Band-Aid? Well, we have to figure out if you have an income issue. Okay. And as I said, what's an income issue? People are probably mad when I said this. But a clear cut income issue is poverty. That's like literally what poverty means. It means you have extremely low income. Mm. So if you don't have extremely low income, how else are you going to define that you actually have an income issue? Because it's 50K a year, extremely low income. No, it depends on how many children you have for poverty. But 50K isn't a low income. 60, 70, right? If you make six figures, you make $100,000 plus, you don't have an income issue. So that, that, I mean, again, like I said, you would have an outgo issue. Right, your expenses or your outgo is a percentage of your income, and that's the actual issue. So lifestyle inflation. You will make more money. So let's say you're spending seventy percent of your money, right? Mm-hmm. You make a hundred thousand dollars. So you're spending seventy K. Now you're like, Oh, I don't have enough money. My income is the issue. Right. Right. And that's why I said you don't even recognize that you have an outgo issue, so you don't get to steps two or three. You just think it's an income issue. So you're saying, Oh, I have an income issue, right? Use that as a band aid as far as making more money. Now I'm going to double my income, right? Now I make $200,000, but your outgo or your expenses is still 70%. So mm-hmm. now instead of spending 70K a year, you're spending one, you're spending, you're spending 140 more money than you used to make. And that's, that's not what you want to do. So income, it can be an issue, but it's only going to be an issue if you're not in poverty due to your expenses, meaning, and your expenses, mainly your debt. So if you think you have an income issue, get rid of your debt payments. Let me know if you have an income issue. And if that answer is you no longer have, you know, you're not living, quote unquote, paycheck to paycheck, which I'll get into, then you don't have an income issue. It's your by definition, it's your expenses because you have debt, debt, meaning consumer debt, non mortgage debt. However, you could be living house poor right. so that, again, house poor, car poor, you can again, your expenses just we're going to get into actually going to do the budget. But <laughs> you're, you're just bleeding dry 
right bleeding dry it's, you're bleeding out you're bleeding out of your account with all of these expenses and then obviously your necessities really can't go but your debt payments two car like you're married you got two car loans gotcha. right you're married you got two student loans at least you know in total you might have a bunch of different payments you got two student loans you got at least four credit cards right that's eight bills mm. two plus two plus four is eight so you got student loans you got car loans you got credit cards right then you got a mortgage or rent i mean I mean, how much money do you think you got to make? And like I said, when we get into investments and generation wealth and legacy, I'm going to let y'all know how much money you need. To make. <laughs> so, the, yeah. So to clarify, income is not a substitute for man for money management. Skills. No, so that's why I was saying the budget, the budget's always first. And we'll do that today when we actually lay out everything. I said on the Google spreadsheet that I did, but you need to see the budget truly is just your, it's going to show your expenses. Gotcha. Right. And then I said tracking transactions, which is actually executing the budget. That's going to show how much, you know, how you're actually spending your money and how the money is leaving your account. And that money leaving your account is your income, right? Income turning into your outdo. Gotcha. Right. And then again, if you want to know just a general percentage, you want to hold on, you want to do your best to not spend more than 50% of your income. Some of you are like, what? Half. Well, what do you want me to say? If you spend more than 50% of your income, that means you have less than 50% to invest and use for your lifestyle. That's just how the math works. Mm-hmm. And then when we get into investing and you figure out how much you need to invest, yeah, you're going to see why it's so key to get on a budget. And by the way, capitalists over here, increase your income. I am... Always look to increase your income. You need to get about a 5% raise each year just to beat inflation. But I'm not saying don't increase your income. Right. I'm saying that you need to get on a budget and that will show that your expenses is actual problem with your finances. Again, increase your income. Always look to increase your income. Always look to make as much money as possible legally. Yes. Right. But <laughs> don't tell us. Right. But look to make as much money as possible. So again, yes, your income can quote unquote be a band-aid but it likely is not you likely have an outgo or expenses issue and that's due to lifestyle inflation it being a percentage of your income but always look to increase your income yeah increase your income don't increase that uh that your lifestyle i mean if you do you, you know do it at a a nice control rate that fits into the budget right yeah. don't just you know every time you get a raise you don't need a new car okay right. yeah necessities then debt payments and then investments and then lifestyle but i'll break i'll break that down later you got is there another? I see a I see a couple more questions on the phone. Okay, I got there you. A couple I got more you. On I got there. you. So we're we're gonna kind of go into a question from from couples, right? It's from a couple from a couple's perspective. Is this from your couple? I mean, is this your the couple you're in? Look, it, <laughs> you're, you're I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. Uh, <laughs> so for couples merging their budget, how do they determine the necessity of a line item on the budget? So an example, right? If she thinks it's important, and he does not think it's important, how do they meet in the middle and figure out what what necessarily needs to be on the budget right yeah short answer sorry fellas (laughs) 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 she's probably right no i'm joking so this is not really joint accounts related this is just how you guys agree on a line item correct right okay in all honesty reach out to me that's that's probably the issue shameless plug here significant shameless plug (laughs) i highly I highly recommend you get some type of financial professional, not a professional, but some type of financial help outside of yourself. And then obviously if you're a couple outside of the two of you, someone can come in and mediate. Right. And as I always say, they're not as they care about your success financially. Right. But they're not as emotionally involved as you are. So they'll be able to take a step back 
and truly assess, you know, exactly how important that line item is. And then on top of that, if you're working with a financial coach or advisor, you know, the longer you work with them, the more they're going to know and hopefully ask what your long term financial goals are. Remember, back to the planning. Mm -hmm. If that line item isn't going to make it so you can't hit your goal in whatever date it is, then it does. I mean, you know, whoever <laughs> that person wins who wants it in the budget. Gotcha. Because at the end of the day, your long term goals or whatever goals you have set. That's the key. As long as you can hit that, then it's all it's all good to go to put that, you know, in the budget. But if it's something where it is going to make it so you don't hit your goals or it's going to kick it out, let's say six months and you you, you need it done in at least three months. Right? You, you have a three month window right. of time that you can add on to it. Then it goes, well, what's more important, the goal or the line item? Mm. And that's when I said you have again, this, this remember when I talk about financial therapy. Yeah. This, <laughs> uh, so I was like thinking about getting an accounting degree now I was like dang do I gotta become a therapist <laughs> no but this is this is when the financial coach or advisor would come into play as I've done you come in and you mediate and say you literally break down the numbers and say hey if it's not going to you know make it so you're gonna hit your goal later then what's the issue but the person who doesn't want it in there y'all still gonna do what y'all wanna do you, you know what's the problem but if it's a case where it is going to you know add another six months to you hitting your goal you need to hit in at least you know three months after then you guys have to determine you know what's more important gotcha. and, th and that's the answer now if you're saying well we still can't determine what's more important now we gotta that's back into the legacy and generational wealth talk we really got to dig deep and figure out truly what you guys want how you want your portfolio set up how you want your assets and liabilities set up and how you want your net worth to be in the short term and the long term. Okay. So a segue from that, right? Like, mm -hmm. So let's say we've had that third party counseling and we reach a point where we just can't agree. Is it possible to have two separate budgets and still be able to uh, operate a, a joint lifestyle? No, you cannot have two separate budgets. I, you know, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't going to cut you off because I'm working on that. Gotcha. No, 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 no. <laughs> I appreciate you. you let me finish. Very, very clear. The second... When you get married, the only reason you're going to have two budgets is because you've yet to condense them down to one budget. And that's like, you know, pretty much, well, again, you go through marriage counseling so that the budget can pretty much already be set up. You don't execute it until you actually sign that piece of paper. Right. Remember, the piece of paper means you're married. Yes. Not, you know, not going down that aisle. Don't be one of these people going on vacation, right, for your honeymoon. Then you're not your spouse, technically, just someone you know gets hurt. And now they're in the hospital. And then, anyways. Good. So, hey. We can, we can spend some time in that. Estate planning. Got to yeah. have that stuff. Power make of attorney. Hey, for Marylanders specifically, make sure you have that health director. Yep, you, yep. Look. Yeah. So we're getting to that, though. Again, I'm just I'm just teasing for <laughs> the estate planning, the legacy, the will, the investments, all that generational wealth. Yeah. Like, talk about it. Nope. We're not, we're not even close to getting there yet. Yes. But no, yeah, you don't know. You wouldn't have two budgets. If you get to the point, are you are you asking me a serious question right now? No. Okay, I'm not, just not, asking. I couldn't tell because... If y'all don't know, Jordan be doing two for one. He'd be, no. he'd, be, he'd be actually asking me questions for his personal life and, you know, actually for the podcast. No, 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 no. If you get to the, again, therapy, right? But if you get to the point where there's something in your budget where you guys, quote unquote, no longer want to have one budget right. or join your finances, I, I don't, in all honesty, what is it? Right. No, I, that, that's what no. I would need to know exactly what it is. And like I said, we haven't gotten to join accounts yet. Okay. But I mean, that, I mean, what? If you, I mean, <laughs> what's causing so what, much trouble? Yeah, it's <laughs> a point where like, oh, I don't want to have my finances with you no more. I mean, again, from my perspective, financial house, food, shelter, shelter being utilities, rent and mortgage, clothing, transportation, insurance, and emergency fund. After that, you're right. You have your debt payments if you have that. Then investments. Right. You know, if, if we're gonna hit our investment goals still, 
we're paying off debt or handling debt, should I say, how we want to on our in our financial house, our necessities aren't in jeopardy. That's really when it comes to um, the budget line item, which I'm jumping ahead of myself, but the budget line item, which is fund money. So you would each, you know, if you're married, you each have, let's say, $100. So that'd be $200 total. And I mean, y'all agree what you can't, you can't, you know, spend it on in general, you know, as far as your morals. Right. But you, I mean, they get $100. That's their discretionary yeah, income to spend. That's the discretionary income to spend. And you just got to, you know, got to deal with that. So, fellas, if you, you know, trying to go somewhere late at night with your boys, that's that's that <laughs> that's that that's that budget. Now, if you marry somebody who don't like that, well, this is when I go back to the marriage counseling. You should have already had that discussed. Yes. What's the bachelor party? Never mind. Gotcha. <laughs> What's the bachelor party for? <laughs> so that line item should have been talked about prior to we get yeah, I mean, prior I, to now. Yeah, I mean, I can just think about the budget, but I mean, you're, you guys would be, you're not arguing over your grocery bill. Right. You're not arguing over debt payments. Exactly. You're not arguing over utilities. You're not arguing over rent or mortgage. You're not arguing over, you might argue over clothing, but not, that would be, you know, non-necessity clothing, right? Obviously, right. if someone needs clothes, you get clothes. You're not arguing over car payment or insurance, right? Gas, right? You're not arguing over any of that. And then if most people know they need to have an emergency fund. That that might be it. You might be arguing about how much money you should be putting towards your emergency fund. And that goes into the mental makeup and the simple logical and discipline. Why would you not want to save your emergency fund as fast as possible? That, that That's one of my probably favorite stress tests. Put, put the pressure on people, their emergency fund, and how fast they want to save it. Because if you don't want to save your emergency fund as quickly as possible, ASAP, what? I mean, who doesn't want to be in a high cash position? <laughs> right. I mean, it's, the emer- yeah. it's the emergency fund. That That's what it's for. So that that's, that would probably be the only thing I think of. Because, again, I mean, your subscriptions, either y'all do or don't want that. I mean, you might argue not about whether you should have the subscription, but, you know, the, they might increase the rate. So then you might be arguing about, well, do we still want this? Right. That, that's not, you know, you guys' fault. You know, the, just the rates go up. But again, these are non-important things. Gotcha. You know, so anything serious, I mean, you wouldn't be arguing about how much money you're putting to your kid's college fund, right? But y'all might, that again, counseling, y'all might. That's why I said you need to reach out to me, somebody, and have someone come in and mediate and help your finance for you and do that real in-depth, long-term planning. Excuse me, I just say reverse engineering your death because that, that, that's what it's all about. Where do you want to be at the end? Because that's, that's what investments is about. How much money do you want to have when you're about to die? whatever that's why that's that's why i said i'm gonna save it because that that's just too much but yeah you shouldn't be arguing if to answer the question directly again no two budgets if you're married unless you just got married and then after that it's gonna condense to one gotcha but once once it condenses to one it's locked in there is no splitting i mean i I mean you know what it's called split when you're married a divorce (laughs) (laughs) it's called a divorce (laughs) i mean outside of that again the main cause divorce infidelity financial issues sexual issues but yeah i mean outside of that you need help. You need. You need. To, you should seek some type of ad hoc help, like myself. I'm a semi professional, semi pro, like Will Ferrell. Or you can reach out to actual professional. I call. I cost less money though. I mean, and get relatively the same results. Yeah. Whatever. Shout out to him and those results. <laughs> All right. All right. So I got that one. Yeah, I got. Right. I got one more. Okay. Uno okay. Más. Gotcha. So, from a budgeting perspective, there are some pieces of technology that you can use to help uh, assist with that. So, what kind of apps or things can you use to help with uh with budgeting right okay so we'll get on that and then i'll get to actually running down uh, actual uh an actual budget for transactions you can use so some of the apps that you can use for budgeting you can use mint which is run by intuit these same people who do TurboTax, and now they own credit karma (laughs) so all that stuff can be linked up together 
Yeah, they went and bought Credit Karma. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, I, like we'll say, when we get into the investments, y'all realize who owned what. Look. <laughs> yeah, they bought them, um, I don't know if it was towards the end of last year. But, I mean, they haven't owned them for a year. It was towards the end of last year, beginning of this year. But, yeah. Um, they used to have something called uh, Turbo. Right. But not Turbo Tax, but Turbo. And that's where you have, you know, I was showing you that credit source stuff and all that. Right. Kind of give you, you like a whole breakdown, right? Yeah. Then, you know, I try to log into that app and they're like, it's gone. We got Credit Karma now. Huh. So now they got Credit Karma. So you got Mint and Credit Karma, all owned by Intuit. Again, same company does TurboTax. They're really, really good. TurboTax, by the way, for taxes, which I forgot to say on every podcast, taxes are due May 17th. Which is right around the <laughs> which corner, Which is guys. two weeks. Uh, tomorrow's Monday. We record these on Sundays. So tomorrow's the third. Taxes are due two weeks after that, Monday, May 17th. So make sure you get those done. Also, since taxes are pushed back, you can contribute to your Roth or traditional IRA up mm-hmm. until May 17th. Remember, the contribution limit for your IRA, excuse not the limit, but the end date is whenever the tax filing date is. So if they push it back, you get longer to contribute to that tax year. So explicit example, you can contribute to the 2020 IRA contribution limit all the way up until May 17th instead of April 15th, which is what it previously was. So, so if you've got a last minute contribution, you got yeah. about two weeks. All yeah, right. You can do that. And you don't have to put that on your taxes. So you don't have to worry about, you know, doing that. So, yeah. So back to, yes, it meant right They're owned by TurboTax or excuse me, into it. But TurboTax is so good that the IRS was looking at TurboTax slash into it. They were looking at their software to actually help do their taxes. So if you have all these different software tax programs, mm-hmm. you know, out there, H&R Block, et cetera, just know that the the main determiner of your taxes, the IRS, was looking at TurboTax for some help. So and what does that tell you? That, if you want, I mean, look, I, I mean, mean, if you got a CPA, let them do what they do. Right. But if most people do the taxes on their own. I'm just letting you know the IRS sort of, their system might be a little bit molded after one than the other. But yeah, Mint is the first one. Okay. But the way Mint works, everybody's probably already used Credit Karma, but uh, the way Mint works is it's not the best budgeting app. It's not truly a budgeting app. Mm-hmm. It's more of an overall personal finance app. So you'll have um, all of your bank accounts can get linked. By the way, Mint's free. Yes. So um, you'll have all of your free stuff on free stuff only on here, except when you're working with Finally Fit or myself. <laughs> <laughs> so Mint is free, just to throw that out there. But um, you'll have all of, you can have all of your bank accounts in there, so you know how much money's in your accounts, your credit cards in there. Obviously, like I said, they own Credit Karma, so your credit score will be in there. And then on top of that, they have trends and all these different graphs and goals you can set. Like I said, an overall personal finance tool. They do have a budgeting section, but it's not like every dollar, which I'll get into for budgeting um, specifically. Mm-hmm. They have a budgeting section, but let's say you make $4,000, right? And you're going to spend $500 on groceries. And let's say you only spend $400. What they do is they roll over that extra or leftover $100 into your budget for the next month. So now instead of having $500 for your June budget, like you did for your May one, you have 600. And that's not truly how you should budget. Remember, we said you're supposed to spend every penny that comes into your account intentionally. Mm-hmm. So that $100 left over with you, purpose. Guys. Yeah, that you have excess that would go towards your debt that would go towards investments, right? That would go towards your savings. You're going to spend that $100. You're not just going to roll it over. Now, if you have something like, um, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up and you're someone that hosts for that, you know, birthday party, you could look at it. Well, you know, for in that in that use case, but really what you should do is that you would actually save that money, right? So you would still budget that $100 
for you know that birthday or Thanksgiving for June. You wouldn't like roll it over and say, hey, I get $600 to spend this month on groceries. No, you're still going to spend no more than 500 and then you have a savings or a sinking fund of $100 in it for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, for your birthday. Because again, long-term habits, it just, it, what ends up happening is you when you try to execute that over the long term, mm-hmm. it's hard to track the money because you, you don't you don't your monthly budget is for five hundred dollars in groceries, not six hundred. Right. So the next month you can't say it's for six. I mean, it can it can be changed to that. But what do you have to do? You have to subtract one hundred from somewhere in your budget. Right. Right. Because in short, when you roll that money over, it's not like you have four thousand dollars that month. It's like you have forty one hundred. Right. And you didn't make forty one hundred that month. So that's why with Mint. It's good overall, and we I use it, and Jordan uses it as well. Yes. It's good for your overall personal finances, but when it comes into budgeting, I wouldn't recommend using that. Also, personal capital, um, that as well is just like Mint overall uh, personal finance app. That is just like Mint, except Mint is more geared toward, uh, I would say, credit, getting your credit score up, especially now, obviously, they bought Credit Karma. Mm. But personal capital is more geared towards your making more money in investments. So that's really the difference between the two when you actually get into the nitty gritty. Then there's every dollar, which is huh, made by Dave Ramsey. Shout out to Dave. It's not it's not made by yeah, word to Dave. It's not made <laughs> it's not made by him, but it's made by own made owned by his company. This is where I talk about the budgeting app. Actually before I get to this, there's another budgeting app which a lot of people use. It's called YNAB. You need a budget. However, it costs money. So if you, if you, if you've never budgeted before and you're struggling financially, living paycheck to paycheck or worse, why would I charge you to use the app? Anyways, mm. so for, I was like, it looks nah, like a setup to me. It's like eighty five dollars a year, which isn't that much, you know. But you know, I was like, still, it's like seven, you know, eight dollars a month. That's not bad. It's like I'm gonna help you get your finances together, but, but go ahead, let me get my cut. Out you of you have yet to you. do a budget, but before I show you how to do it, give me money. <laughs> right. <laughs> So that, that does exist, and there are probably some other ones out there that might be free, but the one I use and that Jordan used and a couple other people use, well, not a couple, people that we know, a lot of people use it, is every dollar. Every dollar, I've been thinking, you know, we do tech stuff. I'm like, look, this is the best, from a budgeting standpoint, I ain't nothing better. Look, this, I live, I live, live by live every live dollar. by every dollar. So what every dollar will do, and we're going to get directly into the budget now, is you're going to put your income at the very top of it, right? So let's say you make $4,000, you get $2,000 a month, okay? And then, oh, for those of you who are married, you, you guys don't join your, you don't join like your, your mm. things, right? They're separate. No, so yeah. our, our budget template is together. Right. But we track our daily expenses and every dollar individually. Right, so for budget template, that's what I have on my link tree and in the show notes. That's just a Google spreadsheet and there's a single tab and there's a married tab. And the married tab is a double version of the single one. But that's going to hold, you know, all of your financial information, your income, all of your bills and your expenses and your debt payments and your leftover. And there's um, some formulas in there to help you see how fast you're going to pay off your debt. And you can reorder it to whether you want to use the debt snowball or the debt avalanche. Remember, debt avalanche is highest interest rate to lowest interest rate. That's how you order them. And then debt snowball is lowest balance to highest balance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for for married people to join accounts, like I said, we didn't get into that yet, but that's like joining your actual bank accounts. When it comes to these apps, it can get convoluted when you join them both in there, so you don't have to do, you know, actually join them. Right? You have your, you have one, then your wife has one uh, right. account, but you have access right to the information to log into it if need be. Right. right? We're gonna get to join. That's gonna be so much fun. You don't just log into it. Yeah. Right. But you do. What it, y'all? 
let's put it this way. If you if you have agreed on a, a budget and a, you know, something doesn't start adding up, right? You know, whether it be on your side or the other person's side, then at that point, you, you know, you might have access to the other person's credentials and use that to make sure that you are, in, again, sticking to your goal and going to meet your plan timeline. Um, so from that, from a review standpoint, that was, that'd be the only time I recommend access, accessing the other person's um, every dollar. But at that point, you, you know, you kind of got to let them do their own thing, right? We're, we're, we're both building these uh, right. sustainable lifestyle habits. If one person is more favored or more, um, more of a nerd. Yes. Others in the free spirit. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but you, you kind of, as you progress, right, you kind of want to get a little bit of nerd in both of you guys, right? Like one of right. one of you will always be more nerd than the other one. Let's be very clear. Mental makeup. Yes. Whew. Bad. That's so bad. I, I am the nerd. Hi, <laughs> right here. I'm the nerd in my in, in our marriage. But my yeah. wife is at this point is very well versed in in her um budget. She had no spending. choice. So Look, now. we were locked in. She's gonna be so mad that I said my wife is our is, is the CNFE silent partner, by the way. So, yeah. you know. Hey, 25 million. I'm married. 25% shareholder. Look. No. <laughs> but no, yeah, y'all, For I mean, you can do it on apps, but, you know, that apps, ass. You can, can do it on apps, but, you know, that can get, you know, a little convoluted uh, with that. So, yeah, for every dollar, you would put your income at the top, just like you would on the budget template, just to see. On the budget template, like I said, that's just going to be like a holistic overall view. That's just not going to have your monthly budget in there like you do with every dollar or mint or personal capital that's going to have your yearly total on there and that's mm-hmm. when we really start getting to the budget with something like eating out you when you see how much money you spend on eating out or you budget for it in a year listen right again a lot of you're probably spending more money eating out than you are on your groceries in total which is ridiculous right? and then also to your driving right so that's your gas right and then your your maintenance is more frequent and all that just starts adding up so on the budget template, you're going to have your income and you can put on there your pre-tax and your post-tax. And again, for your spouse as well, then you're going to have your bills, right? So after you do your income, let's say 4,000, we're going to do your bills and you can call them your bills, your expenses, whatever you want, but that's why I just call it the financial house. So the first thing you're going to put up there is the financial house. So again, groceries, mm-hmm. groceries, gotta eat groceries, Look, get when your you go, food. See, eating out isn't on this because when you go to the grocery store, it's not eating out. So that's why it's two different line items for people who are wondering why. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, two different line items. Then next is going to be your shelter. So that's going to be a combination of your utilities and your rent or your mortgage. Okay. So again, for utilities, the main ones would be water, electricity, your Wi-Fi, and then your cell phone bill. Now I didn't include cable. Well, people don't have cable. Now they have subscriptions. Funny thing, the subscriptions, they've been raising the price and now the average subscription Right, the average um the amount of money people spend on subscriptions is about the same total people spend on cable. Did y'all really think that they wouldn't have money? Did y'all not think they was gonna get their money back? I mean, look, full uh, circle. It was so it was so funny when I saw that stat. I was like, it took them long enough. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's it's only a matter of time. Yeah. There's like six uh, major cable networks, so it's not like you know they wasn't gonna lose their money in total. But yeah, so no cable bill there. None of the subscriptions. Nothing like that. No Netflix. No Amazon Prime. No Apple, no title, none of that. This is just your utilities that are needed to run your house. Remember, you feed yourself first, then you feed your house, and then you feed your car. So we fed ourselves. We kind of didn't do clothes yet, but that's third. But you fed yourself, right? Took care of yourself, and now we're doing the house. So again, water, electricity, Wi-Fi, your cell phone bill. You might have sewage, right? HOA fees. You know, depending on where you live at in the country, you might have you know extra stuff that I haven't named. But that's where this would go. And again, your rent and mortgage. That's self-explanatory. 
Then after that, we get into the clothing. Remember, if you got kids, clothing, question mark. Who knows? They'd be growing so fast. Right. Right. But you're going to put clothes here. Got to get them what they need. Yeah. You know? Got to get them what they need. But they don't need, Mother's Day is a week from today. They don't need to look as fresh as possible at two years old for your Mother's Day photo. If your toddler has Jordans. Jordans or phone posits. Like, why? And it's okay if they have that. But your investments, never mind. We're not there yet. We're yeah. not there yet. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Okay. So, <laughs> so people are like, bro, this that investment stuff better be so good. It is. I'm, it hurt, is. I'm hurting everybody's feelings when we get there. So no, you don't want to blow your budget for yourself or your children's, you know, from a clothing standpoint, but obviously people need to be clothed. The fourth thing would be transportation. So this is where you're going to put your car insurance in order, right? Car insurance, you need that to drive or have mm-hmm. a car on any type of government road by law. Yep. Then you're going to uh, put gas here because you got to put gas in it to use the car and then a car payment if you have one remember car payment not too big in the debt this one this time but car payment if you have one make it your last one right and yes. then if you're, if you're looking to pay off debt you can't get rid of it in two years you might need to sell the car you should consider not having more than 50 percent of your pre-tax income in cars so you make 100k no more than 50k people are like sell my car gasp <laughs> But I mean, you gotta, I mean, but I just, you got to do what you got to do. I, just, All I, right. know, I, made it, I think I made it a TikTok. You don't have to sell your car, but, you know, loan on depreciating asset. That just kind of is what it is. And again, where's, you know, where, where, what have you invested your money in? You want to invest in your, your money in things that have a high chance to appreciate, not depreciate. And 99% of cars depreciate unless you're someone who can, you know, um, buy, uh, you know, collectibles, right? Classic cars. If you're not doing that, literally the car is going down in value. As soon as you drive it off the lot. Now some hold their value longer. So they decrease at a lower rate, but it's still decreased. It's still less than zero. (laughs) So that is what it is. So we did transportation. I mean, just, you know, falling with and without a shoot, you're still following, right? I mean, if it, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, Did you say falling with or without a shoot? You still falling, Jesus. right? One's just faster than the other. Hey. That's, that's a car, right? Depreciating asset. You, it's still going down. Right. Yes. And so I, I guess in this, so you want to have the shoot on, right? Right. So what's that mean in this case? You have the car that holds its value longer? I guess so. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Jordan said that, not me. That Look, was his metaphor. <laughs> falling with it without the shoot. Because you I mean, let, you, when you have a shoot, you land. Right. Right. So I guess, oh, you're saying just the risk of yeah. jumping out the plane in general? Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. I was about to say. like, like what? Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so well, people, not all people, y'all know what people, jump out of planes without, <laughs> without parachutes on. So I guess that's... um. That's taking out a lease. Don't take out a lease for a car. I should have went over that car loan. So much on the debt. But yeah, first for your transportation is going to be your insurance. Second is going to be your gas. And then third, if you have a debt payment, you're going to have your car note there. Fifth thing is insurance. Now for insurance, this would be medical, dental, or vision. Mm-hmm. But most people pay for that um, pre-tax, right? We're talking about your post-tax uh, budget right now. So you don't have to worry about budgeting that right here. But if you do have to pay that on your own, you're self-employed, you know, 1099, whatever, then this is where you put your medical, your dental and your vision or any other insurance that you need, like life insurance, short term or long term disability, all those things of that nature. Again, sort of like utilities, it kind of depends where you're at. Everybody obviously needs water, electricity, right? Wi-Fi. Everybody needs dental, uh, vision and medical. But you might need something extra depending, you know, on your family setup. And for again. Some people you might have, you know, a child with a disability or you might have a chronic issue. This is where you budget for that. Like I haven't gotten to investing. I haven't gotten to lifestyle. You got to make sure you're properly insured because if you're underinsured, 
Uh, I mean, you have to have millions of dollars to be able to sustain that type of hit if you're underinsured and you have to fork over that whole bill. I mean, if you have to pay for something like a helicopter med evac and, you, right. and that's not on your insurance, those could, you know, that's almost six figures right there just, just to get flown out. So make sure you are properly protected, guys. Yeah. So ma- ma- make sure that's the case. And then the sixth thing, emergency fund. Again, this is your financial house. So you don't you would budget for the first five things indefinitely for your emergency fund. You know, once you have it saved up, you obviously wouldn't continue to save over and over again for your emergency fund. You would start using that leftover amount to, you know, go towards your investments and your lifestyle. So after we do the emergency fund. So what quick question. Yep. So quick segue about this. I question about the emergency fund. So if uh, I know for typically for the emergency fund, you, you keep at least uh, three to six months of what you need in there. But if you don't like that amount, how, how do you figure out how much money you should have in your emergency fund? Who's you? <laughs> it's like, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, if you're single, it's, it's a conversation, right? right? So if you're married, right, someone might want three months, someone might want six months. But then what is three months of your expenses? That's why I said you can call it bills or expenses. The minimum, the least amount you need to have is your financial house. So those first five things I named, your grocery bill, your utilities, your rent or your mortgage, clothing that is needed for your, you and or your family, transportation costs, a car insurance, gas and car note, and then whatever extra insurance that you need to pay for. That's minimum. So let's just say that's uh, $3,000. Mm-hmm. So three times that is 9000 So you need minimum 9000 gotcha. Then as we're going to get into the rest of your quote-unquote expenses and add these extra things in here, you could have that. So let's say it's, it's just another $1,000, right? So it's $4,000 a month. Then you know, three times that would be twelve. Six times that would be 24000 Obviously, the person who wants to have everything in the budget, let's say you lose your job and you don't want anything to change at all, like Jordan. That's me. You would you would, <laughs> you would include everything in your budget. So on every dollar when you're going to, like I'm saying now, uh, itemize everything inside of every dollar on your Google spreadsheet. And the budget, you want to get to uh, $0 and 0 cents. That's called a zero-based budget, budget. Excuse me. So when I say you're going to spend everything, every penny intentionally, all literally, literally every penny. If you don't, if you don't, if you leave a penny off on every dollar, it'll have a little alert for you saying, "Hey, you don't have a perfect budget." So you want to spend everything intentionally. Yes, and that's what it is for your emergency fund. So in in short, if if there's someone who wants to quote unquote have the most amount of money saved, the most would be however much your income is, and that's why I said four thousand. Right? You make this is a four thousand dollar example times six is twenty four thousand. You don't you don't your monthly expenses should not be. More than your income, your income for a month. Gotcha. Oh, that's too. That might be too much logic right there. Mm. But I mean, you want to not. You want. You don't want to live above your means. You want to live at or below. Obviously, you want to live below. But you, you know, at them would be spending four thousand dollars a month. But you know, below would be you know that three thousand dollar example. Gotcha. Yeah. So for you personally, what is your preference for your? Oh no. Are see, the, see. I, I, do you remember what mine was? The, I do not. Oh, you don't remember what mine I was? I don't. I don't. I made the joke last year, and this is literally for everyone on the earth, and you know who lived through the pandemic. If you don't know how much money you want to have in an emergency fund after going through the pandemic, that's on you. So after <laughs> going through the pandemic, I was like twenty four months. <laughs> <laughs> 24 months, two years worth. Now, again, that three to six months, you save for that as aggressively as possible. So in my case, it would be six months. And then that 18 months, that's when I was talking about fun money. And, you know, if I choose, I'm single, but, you know, I choose to, you know, put that money 
remember, this is really after investments, right? Necessities, debt payments, investments, lifestyle. This would be obviously your emergency fund isn't a lifestyle, but it's that discretionary income. Discretionary right. income is after your investments that you need to uh, hit your retirement goal. So after you're investing 15% of your pre-tax income. Anything over that, I can choose to use it, you know, going out, right? Movies, things like that. Or at my discretion, I can choose it to put towards my emergency fund. Gotcha. And that's when you were talking about uh, if you're having an argument over a budget line item. Right. You know, how do you decide? It's based on your goals. Now, for me, am I going to hit 24 months? That's, a, again, I'm saying, like, you know, my stuff is significantly not subject to change. It's going to change. So that... <laughs> But speaking that, into existence yeah no i'm not speaking it's, it's already on the way like, hey. it's, it's already lined up <laughs> but no so that that's for me personally yeah 24 months that would be my eventual goal so you said 24 months but what does your month look like are you a just uh financial house person or are you financial house person plus your uh expenses oh i'm highly conservative so the entire budget okay now th- to be to be clear on this if you lose your job and you're married and your spouse, right? The pandemic, you should not be paying for Apple or Tidal or Disney Plus. So, because you, again, that emergency fund is your burn rate. So, say you have $3,000 in there. I mean, say you got 12000 and your your monthly expenses are $3,000. You have a four-month burn rate of, at $3,000. You want to lower that as much as possible. And that's sort of the one, Yeah, that's sort of the one thing you were saying. You say you don't want to cut anything out. Right. But, if you both lose your job, you're not you're only paying for the financial house and debt payments you have them. You're not paying for anything else. So nat- naturally, you're going to be in that situation anyway. So even though it's less money, it's still going to be able to uh, make sure you're protecting that situation. I mean, again, to each their own. But if for people in the pandemic, you know, both were unemployed, both parents and you're paying for anything that isn't the financial house, I mean, the kids got to have Disney. No, they don't. <laughs> Jesus. You mean they don't got to see Mickey Mouse no. while I'm looking for a job? First off, as the 90s and 80 babies can tell you, we watched like three movies, Disney movies on we VCR. really did. On BBH. On repeat. Yeah, on repeat, yeah. <laughs> guy, every guy watched Lion King and Space Jam and girls, you know, y'all pick whatever one of the Disney princesses. And that was it. And you got Rugrats movie, Pokemon. Like, don't lie. <laughs> now, that's how you're confused. No, your child doesn't even watch all of Disney Plus or they watch YouTube, which is free. And they watch the same, they watch the same video, not even like the same, like, you know, YouTube channel. They watch the same video over and over again. Right, was that Shark Dee Doo? Right, Baby yeah. Shark. Yeah, I mean, shout out to yeah, Baby Shark. Or, um, what was that? Frozen. Fro- I mean, the- <laughs> I, you know, I, we don't have kids, but you know, we have people. You know, we know people have kids. Obviously, who doesn't? But you know, like, yeah, Frozen. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. So yeah, that that's the one thing with the emergency fund. If you get into, that's why I had the difference between. Um, an emergency fund and having a cash flow in your budget and being in a high cash position. And when I said the emergency fund is truly if you lose your job and so your kids, quote unquote, your young kids don't notice that that you actually lost your job. But if you have to pay for something like your HVAC, which is $5,000 and you have $18,000, right? And 18 subtracted means minus five. Thousand is thirteen thousand, not eleven. See, ding, I, t- ding, I had ding, to take ding, my ding. time. People, are like, yeah, you can't do the math. <laughs> I had to take my time with that, but no, that's why I say you need to have that saved on top of that because your 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 monthly expenses are not budgeted for five thousand dollar heating system repair. Right, which is. Again, like I said, I agree with the three to six month emergency fund, but when people use it, that's that's the situation they get up on. They have the emergency fund in place. 
They have a known expense that they're going to have to do, some type of repair. They don't know when it's going to happen, and that pops up, so they take from their emergency fund, and then the true emergency happens where it's something that their insurance is going to cover, so they have to come out of pocket for it, or they have a job loss. Those are the the two true emergencies right there. So, yeah, that's that for their emergency fund. But, yeah, that burn rate, you would cut it out, right? Are you you saying you wouldn't cut it out? I mean, look, if I... I might not cut it out right away. Right away, if, yeah. yeah I mean, I'll, I'd probably do. I mean, if if I have six months saved and I have you would six, go two or three months and you don't yeah. have a job, then then you would cut it out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, this is the one great thing about the budget. Remember, it's not stagnant. It's not strict. It's flexible. But you know, that, that's you would. I mean, if you get to five months and you're like, okay, we got two months left. I hope I hope you realize you can you should not be paying for everything. Yeah. You can't afford that burn rate. But it also depends. In the pandemic you would cut everything out. Oh yeah. Right. But if Hands it's down. yeah. But if it's just, you know, you might have lost your job, you know, your company got sold, something like that. The kids will get three more months of Disney. Yeah, right. But if it's like the pandemic when we thought the world was gonna end last year this time. I'm stopping everything. Yeah, that, so it all it's it. And this is why I said you have you should work with somebody, right? So, you know, they'd be able to bounce those ideas off of you. And like I said, they're less emotionally evolved in the situation. So they will be able to take a step back and truly help, you know, process the financial stress with you. Gotcha. Yep. So, boom, we got the emergency fund. So remember, the order you should be paying for things, you can only spend your money on four things, your necessities, Mm -hmm. your debt payments, investments, and your lifestyle. All right. Those are the major categories. Okay. Now you should do it in that order. I mean, I'm going to say it again. The order is first necessity, second debt payments, third investments, and fourth lifestyle. Okay. Okay. So we already did the necessities or the financial house. Okay. Now we're going to move to debt payments, which we sort of touched on with the mortgage and the card note, which is two that most people have. Then now in your budget, you would be adding after your financial house, your debt payments. So you add in, obviously, like I said, your mortgage and your car payment. You Mm -hmm. might have two car payments. Jesus. So your car payments. And then you would add in your student loans. You might have two student loans. Okay. Right. And then you would add in your credit cards. You might have four credit cards. Okay. And this also includes store credit cards, you know, anything like that. You would add in your medical debt. All the type of debt I went over in episode two. All those things get added in here. Okay. You would put that on your budget. So now we pay for your debt payments. Now, some of you who are being a good student and writing this down, like actually on your budget, on every dollar, whatever, you might be out of money. Yes. Yes, you are. This is why you need to get on a budget and pay off your debt so you can have that discretionary income because your investments will instantaneously turn into your discretionary income Mm -hmm. or the money that you can use to invest. So let's say you still have money after you've listed all of your debt payments. Now what we're going to do, and I'm not going to go deep into it. I'm going to make sure I don't go deep into investments right now. Gotcha. But you're going to choose to invest. Now, investing in general is recommended anywhere. You should consider doing 10 to 15% of your money. So this excludes your employer match. So if you're putting 6% away and your employer is matching 4%, that's 10%. No, no, no. You need to put 10% away of your pre-tax income. So it's recommended 10 to 15%. Obviously, you don't want to underfund your retirement. You want to get to 60 and be like, I don't have enough money. It's going to also be said that you don't have any more time. Got to put yourself in a position to win. Right. right? So you want to do 15%. Now, again, that 15% is pre-tax. So it's actually not even in your budget. Right. So if you're not investing 15% and let's say your take home pay is 4,000 right after you already invested that 6%, you got to bump up your uh, retirement investing another 9%. So that's going to drop down your income. So you're not going to have 4,000 anymore. You're going to have whatever that difference is. So that's why I said when we get to investments and the lifestyle and how, you know, people are underfunding their retirement. That's what I'm talking about. You need to be looking at doing 15% and you need at least double digit returns on that. 
So now you would like to, um, if you're investing 15%, you can choose to do a 401k or a Roth IRA. So let's say you need to invest $15,000 and you're doing 9,000 mm-hmm. in your 401k. That's pre-tax. If you want to choose to do a Roth and max it out, that would be the 6,000, you know, to get to the $15,000 in that difference. You would put that here in the investments line item. So that'd be $500 a month to get to $6,000 in a year. Gotcha. For your investments. Now, again, if you don't have no, if you don't, if you don't got no money left. And okay. we haven't done the life. And we, <laughs> I mean, okay. And that's, we, that's the period on the end of the sentence. I right. Mean, and we have no money left. And we haven't, done, we haven't done the lifestyle yet. This is why I said you have to pay for things in this order. If you're choosing to prioritize your debt, really your lifestyle first, technically your, your lifestyle is debt. Cause you're using, like I said, payday loans for the lower cast, lower class credit cards for the middle class. So you're using credit cards to fund your lifestyle. So your debt payments technically are at the top with your lifestyle. I wouldn't recommend doing that, but here we are for your lifestyle. Any money you got left over in your budget, this is when you would add in your entertainment. I know, I guess, I don't know if COVID's over or not, but wherever you're at in the country, going out to eat, going out to the movies, things of that nature, your brunches, Sunday, you know, mimosas, shout out to DC, DMV. Um, hey. Oh, Lord have mercy. I can't <laughs> believe, do you see what's next on the list? Okay, you didn't see it. I did not. It says. Ah. Okay. For those of you, oh, ladies, I'm sorry. I did not include <laughs> your hair in necessities. That was intentional. What, Corey? Now, uh, <laughs> I didn't prep. I didn't prep. I didn't prep for this one. It's not that your hair can't be. I mean, you know, fellas, you get your hair cut too. It's not that your hair can't be included in your necessities, but mainly black women. You guys, you know, getting look. I I brought I paid for many of weaves and many of bundles and many of hair appointments. Bundles. It is expensive. So for those of you dropping those couple hundred dollars and you might not have a good hair lady, so you're spending this hundred dollars like every month. So it's like literally in your budget. No, 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 no. Go on YouTube. Remember, you say you don't got that hour. It might not work out today. And figure out how to do your hair on your own. I'm yes. joking. Obviously, we know hair is important for everybody, but you got to make sure, again, this is your lifestyle. You don't, you obviously need to get your hair done. Hair is sort of like clothing. It needs to be done, but you don't need to have the luxurious version of it. Fellas, I mean, we can cut our, you can go bald. See, you, fellas. Been there, done that. <laughs> so you, I mean, raise it to the head work. Right, yeah, you can shave your whole face and your head, but obviously we know people love getting their hair done. But again, it's not something that's going to blow your budget especially if you're underfunding your investments or you're trying to get out of debt and that pace, like I said, is over two or three years. So this is when you would look at cutting, you know, reducing or even cutting it out entirely, right? And throwing it back into your budget so you can use this money. You have more left over to invest and or pay off debt or for your emergency fund. Now, you see what after, what after, what's after hair? After hair, oh Jesus, after hair is nails. Okay. You, yeah, you, look, ladies, I'm I'm sorry. This this is this you, is just you bad. coming for the ladies today, bro. Like, well, I mean, w- w- it costs w- women spend spend more money than men. That's just how that works. Okay, I mean, so that's that's what the statistics wait, let's are. Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not gonna go deep into the hair and nails okay. right now. No, okay, no, no. Okay, okay. All right, <laughs> <laughs> but for your nails again, this is something you can definitely right might not be able to, well might not be able to be able to do your hair or your nails. But I know nails are very expensive. Again, pay for a lot of these myself as well. Yes, me too. Again, if the if your nail tech isn't giving you the duration that you need, so you have to get your now you get your nails done 
every month, but the amount of money you're spending is too much. Again, like I said, you're underfunding your investments or you're not able to pay off debt at the rate you need to. This is something you would look at cutting out. But again, hair, nails, entertainment, that's where your lifestyle comes in. And then also your subscriptions, right? Your Amazon Prime, your Netflix, your Disney. What else is there? Netflix, Disney, Hulu. Uh, what, now they got Paramount Star, Plus, Paramount Plus uh, Showtime, Star, yeah, Showtime Stars, HBO, all them things. Sheesh. This is what you add it in. You got Apple Music, you got Tidal, you got Spotify, right? You add that all in here. And then, like I said, you're eating out budget. And the last thing I have on this list, pet care. So this goes back <laughs> back to the emergency fund. You're talking about the emergency fund. The general rule I have when people are like, well, how much money should I have saved? I say for everything you every living thing you plan on being responsible for in your household mm-hmm. have a minimum of ten thousand dollars saved that that's just across the board obviously you can just that for cost of living so just think you're working with me you're single right you paid off all your debt and you got 10k saved that's great then you get married and they're in the same situation now you're married no debt and you have 20k 20k no again floor right that's the least you should have Right. But then if you have a dog, mm-hmm. it's another 10K. I mean, even you can have pet care insurance. You can dr- uh, throw that up into the insurance category for the financial house. But, the, you know, this will come into play. Obviously, you can add your pet food into your grocery bill because you're likely getting that then. But any- anything you plan on taking care of that is living in your house just for your emergency fund, the easiest thing to do is $10,000 at least because you have a family of four, 40K saved. Right. That's good. Now, if you have a family of 10, $100,000 gonna take a while to get there. So I hope. Hmm. I hope you hope you make the money. <laughs> hey, most people aren't future. I hope you make the money to, you know, uh, save up for that in a timely fashion. But yeah, so that's the budget. Again, mind you, we didn't even track. Look, see, <laughs> the budget The budget can take a while just to lay out. So you would write down all, all of that. Yeah, and take this, notes. <laughs> on this budget template I have, like I said, it's linked in the show notes and it is on my link tree on my social media. You're going to have your income and then this your bills and expenses, that's going to add up. That's going to be your outgo. So your income minus your outgo is going to have a certain amount of money left over. And that leftover amount, hopefully you have some money left over after you pay for your financial house, your investments, your debt payments, and your lifestyle. So that would mean you're not living paycheck to paycheck. Hmm. Right? And that leftover amount, you can use that to put more into investments, put more, more towards debt, emergency fund, things of that nature. <laughs> or get nails. In here. Oh yeah, if you, you want them, yeah, ladies, you your nails we love hair. y'all. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm she, not gonna act like I don't like my it. lady to have her hair done and her nails done. Nah, but well, I mean, it's oh, gotta be, it's gotta be a balance. It's gotta be a balance. Well, but you said, never mind. Next episode, next time, next you, time. You said you're lady, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're single, is your boyfriend paying for this? Next time. Next time. No, no, <laughs> next time on Dragon Ball. No. <laughs> That's when we get to the joint accounts and how much, what the definitions of a broke dude is. Fellas, if you can't afford $170 nails, don't cash app. Don't. Anyways. Uh, so. Look, I mean, <laughs> right. you might have to get the junk nails every other time, and right. that's okay. All yeah. right, so now we're, we just did the budget. Now we're going to track these transactions, and this is going to be it for budgeting. So for tracking your transactions, what you would do is you say, hey, so you get groceries every two weeks, mm-hmm. right? And you get $500 for your groceries. So when you go, you know, the first time, that's 250, right? 250 each time. You're gonna track that transaction on every dollar meant, whatever you use, and say, boom, I spent $250 on groceries out of your 500. So what that means is the next time you go grocery shopping, you only have $250 left, right, to spend on your grocery bill. And that's for things that um, vary. Obviously, you know, static bills, bills that don't change, like your rent or your mortgage, 
um, like your cell phone bill, you know, like subs- well, subscriptions can change, but you know, they don't usually change month to month. Mm-hmm. You know, those things you can just budget uh, ahead of time uh, for people who do monthly for their insurance. You can just budget those things right in at the beginning of the month on something like every dollar and you're good to go. But for things, I call them variable necessities, which are the worst things, which are your grocery bills and your utilities, they fluctuate. So you always want to over budget for those things. That way, you know, when it comes to buying it the second time, like your groceries or when your utilities come in, you have enough money in that for that line item in your budget to pay for it. Yeah. Cause let's be clear. I mean, if you allocate a certain amount of money for your food and you don't have enough money to cover, you know what I mean? That your food for that month, well, I mean, you're going to eat. Right. So you got to make sure that like Corey said, that you adjust and accommodate for that in the budget. Right. Exactly. And now again, for those of you who got really through the financial house and you're like, bro, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. That's why we do the budgeting and the tracking transactions first. Most people are not willing. See, everyone wants to make money, right? Millions of dollars, start a business, all that. Most people don't put in enough work to where they're not living paycheck to paycheck. Most people are born into a household where it's paycheck to paycheck. And most people die in a household where it's paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Most people live 70, 80 years and they never put into the work so that they don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. I'm not talking about having investments. I'm not talking about building a business. I'm just saying where you have some money left over, some discretionary income, you're not in debt up to your ears. Most people aren't willing to put in that work. So that's why you have to focus on budgeting and tracking your transactions first. Obviously, like I said, building the team, mental makeup. But from the financial standpoint, the first two things you need to do is get on a budget and start tracking your transactions. And like I said, you can use Mint for that, personal capital, or every dollar. Or you can reach out to me. You can click click the link in the show notes and do the budget template that I made. The links are on there for those apps that I named. All different ways to budget. Again, you can use you can use the yellow pad. Honestly, it doesn't matter what you use. It's 2021. People use apps, but you can use the yellow pad if you want to track your transactions. I mean, that's what people used to have to do. That's what checkbook balancing was. People actually had to write, write it down. down. I write mean, it down look. the checks before we had the tech that we had now. Money management is money right. management, right? Right. So if you live in paycheck to paycheck and you were born in financial therapy, back to that. Remember, I said you don't need therapy to figure out why your you know your traumas, why you're handling your finances a certain way. You should figure out that your finances is causing trauma in your life. And a lot of you, some of the trauma in your life, like I said, you were born into a household that was paycheck to paycheck. Your parents caused the trauma in your life that you're dealing with right now. Sorry. If you don't think that you internalize living paycheck to paycheck, all the debt that your parents were going through and struggling to make bills get paid growing up, you did. And, and that's the that's the trauma you're experiencing right now. And that that mismanagement of finances, not the trauma, right? Mismanagement of finances is why you have trauma now as an adult and why you actually are handling your finances, how you're actually handling them. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a it's a learned behavior, right? You mm-hmm. you inherited what you what you saw mm-hmm. happening around, you know, during your childhood. And now you are now executing what you which you know based off of that knowledge, right? Exactly, right, yeah. We're here to break that cycle. Yeah, break, definitely break the cycle. That's what we're getting to when we get into investments, generational wealth and legacy. Right now, most of this is just your own wealth building. But generational wealth and legacy is actually about breaking that cycle or changing your family tree. But yeah, most people, most humans, between the ages of five and seven, you download 95% of everything. So pretty much after second grade, that's it. And if you don't believe that, think about the bad kid in first grade. They was the bad kid you're seeing in high school too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure was. Yeah, it's just, you know, the things people experience. But yeah, people are born to a paycheck to paycheck household. 
and they usually die in one and you got to put in that work, which most people don't so that you don't die in that position. And that starts with budgeting and tracking your transactions. Yes. Right. All right. Almost two hours on this one. Do you have anything fitness related? I think we're good. Man. All right. That's we, it all. we covered a lot today. Yeah, I know we did. We went, we went deep today. So nothing else for the finances. So again, shameless plug. You can follow me at sideline underscore Corey. Again, sideline underscore Corey. Corey is spelled C-O-R-Y. Mm-hmm. No E, that's me. You can follow Jordan at. Stop stalling J. That's S-T-O-P-S-T-A-L-L-I-N-G-J-A-Y. And that is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, check us out. And then the business pages. You can follow us at finallyfit06. That's F-I-N-A-L-L-F-I-T-0-6 on IG, Facebook, and YouTube. Right. And and, then, oh, and also check out our website at right. finallyfit.live. Right. All right. Yep. And then also like us, subscribe to us, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Please leave a review, guys. And Google Podcasts. We like words. Give us feedback. I mean, leave a review on those, you know, the podcast platforms, but also, you know, comment on our videos. And then, like I said, we're also on YouTube as well. Corden in full effect. And again, all this is going to be in the show notes on YouTube and in our link tree as well on our social media for you guys to access that information. All right, then. So remember to save more and say less. And keep making better your base. And we'll catch y'all in the next one. All right.